are you? I'm no one. Episode 112. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Jake. And we're the Leftovers. Yeah, fuck <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a pregnant pause before I said something. <laughs> when we got Frank on, I don't know what we'd do in this. Right, yeah. right. No. I'm always yeah. waiting for you guys to go, where are the leftovers? Yeah. <laughs> where are the leftovers? Just like that. <laughs> where are the leftovers? You sound like British school children. Yeah. <laughs> where are the leftovers? <laughs> Leave those kids alone. <laughs> if you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. All right. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, joint. We're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens trailer that debuted on uh, Monday Night Football. But joining us this episode, uh, my favorite member of the Five O First, 
Mr. Grubb. Yay. Am I the only one that you actually know, though? You're the only 501st member that I know by name. I've met some <laughs> other guys. They're great guys, but I would ju- they're just randos. I don't know who the fuck they are. <laughs> by default. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, welcome to the show. And you know what? We're, we're going to get into Star Wars news here because uh, the, the trailer and all that shit. But there's other things that we have to take care of. Uh, let's see here. Wanted to talk real quick uh, about my uh, Friday night driving home from work. And what happened to me and how much it fucking sucked. Oh, yeah. So I'm driving home. I'm I'm like literally like less than two minutes away from my house and I'm driving. It's dark out. It's getting dark a lot earlier now. Dark as fuck out and shit. And uh, I'm getting ready to turn onto the road to where uh, then I would turn onto my street. And out of my left eye... I see a deer. Oh no. Oh shit. I have never hit a deer ever. And this is like on a main road. This yeah. is not like I'm in the fucking country and shit where I would be driving slower and looking for deer crossing. This is like a main road and there is a deer <laughs> running down the fucking road. I just got new tires put on the car, thank God, and I hit the brakes. I stop as fast as I can, but I still end up hitting the deer. Uh. The deer ends up like Bouncing off the car, and then I've never seen anything like it. It was doing like an Indiana Jones fucking like barrel roll. <laughs> wow. And then it went right next to a huge uh, fucking telephone post, uh, pole. I stopped the car. I had already passed him up. I stopped the car, got out to go look and see where he was, he or she was, and then the deer was gone. Oh, so man. got up and ran away. I don't think it died. I had like deer fur on the car. Uh, I was getting ready to ask how your car did with that. <sighs> I know, no, it's got a little chip in the front. I mean, I just got the dent popped out. You know, I know, I know. Now it's like I've got to have it, you know, looked at again because there's. Damn it is, man, it's it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I'll yes. tell you that much. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it fucking woke me up. I was like, oh shit, yeah, I'm definitely awake now. <laughs> Fuck, so. Man. And I was more worried about the fucking deer at first than I was the car. I didn't even check the car until, yeah. like, later. Yeah. But, well, I mean, it's a good thing you were okay, too. Yeah. Like, I've heard of a lot of people fucking themselves up from eating mm-hmm. deers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, it wasn't, like, a big buck with antlers and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that they could have fucking, like, did, like, a fucking, like, what's that movie where all the shit, like, falls at people and they die? Final Destination. Final Destination. Oh, fuck. It could have been, like, a... F- and to top it everything, I started getting sick last night, so that yeah. sucks, and so I'm still, uh... I, I don't think I'll be full-blown sick until tomorrow, so I'm gonna fucking tough it out. Yeah. Tough it out. I hit a deer one time. I, um, it jumped in front of my car and I slammed on the brakes. Did you say, oh, dear? <laughs> I did not. But I just, I hit the brakes just in time and I just barely tapped the thing. Yeah. And then it fell over and like just laid right in front of my car. Uh, and so I get out of my car to like see what the fuck's going on. Right. And the minute I'm standing next to the deer, it jumps up on all fours instantly and then jumped into the woods. Hmm. And it, like, scared the shit out of me. Like, I, it moved so fast from, like, laying like it was dead on the street right. to just all of a sudden just being up. So when they get tapped, they just, like, take a little nap. Yeah. <laughs> it's like cow tipping. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, but... It feels like you know you hit you you tap the deer and it falls over and it's it's expecting to be able to sue you or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was totally playing that game. My neck, my neck, and my back. Yeah. So I gave it a dollar and some envelopes and we, and we settled things. Right. Uh, you know I you know I don't know uh, I know that 
two of us celebrated Back to the Future Day. And yes. I wanted to talk a little bit about our Back to the Future Day. Frank, I'm assuming, did you do anything for Back to the Future Day? Uh, nothing special. Posted a tweet out that day. Oh, wow. Thanks. Yeah, wow. No. <laughs> Marty McFly is probably just, he's thanking you somewhere. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. <laughs> what did the tweet say? Oh, it, I don't even remember. It wasn't anything like super original or creative. I don't even remember what it said now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Happy Back to Future Day. <laughs> Who's a better storyteller, Frank or C-3PO? <laughs> C-3PO has sound effects. Yeah, for sure. Like, draw it out and put you to sleep first just to tell you I did nothing. (laughs) Jay, did you do anything special? Uh, I just watched it here. I didn't get to go out and watch it, but I did watch it. I watched one and two. Didn't watch three, but one and two got that in, and it was a fun night. Grub, how about you, man? I saw, like, the last, like, 15 minutes of the first one. Yeah, there's another another... Another another guy taking taking part in the old festivities of the day. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the movies. As uh, I'm, they're okay, but and secondly, I couldn't find them on TV anywhere until like eight thirty or nine o'clock at night. Yeah. It was like the end of the first one. I'm like, well, son of a bitch. You know, it was all like Discovery Family. <laughs> oh wow, that is weird. I watched that for a little bit and then went to sleep. So. Oh, a little bedtime bedtime movie for you. You really don't like the Back to the Future movies, do you? Oh, they're like warm milk. Yeah. No, no, it's I have to get up at like four thirty in the morning. I, you know, nine o'clock is my bedtime. Doc Brown, sing me that lullaby called Back to the Future. <laughs> I'm fucking with you, uh, Jake. I know that you went to the theater. Did, did yes. you do anything else? Um. Did I do anything else? I yeah, I, I just went to the theater. I worked yeah. all day and yeah. then ran home and took a shower, got something to eat, and right. ran to the theater. And while I was watching, they, they showed Back to the Future one and two at the theater. I saw it yeah. at. And uh, while I was watching the movie, I was refreshing my phone to see if the Cubs were going to blow it on Back to the Future Day. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they blew it on Back to the Future Day. Yeah, it sucked. It did suck. Yeah, that would have been awesome if they had managed to win the World Series this year, though. <laughs> Wouldn't it? I mean, that would have been amazing. I mean. Not only just because of the history of it, but also because of the connection to the movie. Yeah. Connection to the movie and the fact that they haven't won in over a hundred years. If they at least wouldn't have lost the entire thing on Back to the Future Day, it would have been nice. Like, win game four. Win game four. Just, you know, it would have been nice. They won on that day in the movie and then they win that day in, in, for the, for the real. So, I don't know, man. I, uh, I was working that day and it just happened. We were walking, me and a guy were walking in tandem together and, uh, we came across a guy washing his DeLorean yeah. in his driveway. <laughs> and I was like, I looked at my coworker and I was like, dude, you know it's Back to the Future Day. There's a fucking DeLorean over there. I'm like, I'm going over there. Yeah. So I went over there. Guy's name was Kevin. Real cool. He was wearing a T-shirt that had uh, Back to the Future DeLorean that had just like uh, crashed into the TARDIS. The TARDIS yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, you know, it's. I looked. Then I looked at his shirt. I was like, I was just about to ask you if you knew if it was Back to the Future Day, and I saw your shirt, and I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> and so. I said, can I get my picture taken with it? And he's like, yeah, that's cool. Kind of looked at me like I was weird or some shit. And then I was like, can I get a picture of me inside it? <laughs> Driving it down the road. <laughs> and so then I got like, like uh, my coworker like snapped like some pictures of me in the DeLorean. I just thought that was like of all days to see somebody out there with their fucking DeLorean. It was on Back to the Future Day. It, like it made that day for me. That's if awesome. it would have been any other day, I, I, you probably wouldn't have even asked the guy Mm-mm. if you could have taken pictures or whatever. Nope. 
So it was Back to the Future Day. I was like, I had to, and it was awesome. And then I also went to the the double, uh, you know, the Back to the Future one and two. Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome seeing it in the theater. We had a great crowd. We did too. I was surprised at how full it was. Yeah. A lot of people. I, did you enjoy the commercials before? They showed the commercials before the second one for us. Oh, they showed them before both of them for us. Okay. Uh, the Jaws 19, the hoverboard commercial. Yes. And then Christopher, uh, Lloyd coming out and, you know, opening the hatch of the DeLorean and, yes. and talking to people. Cool. The future is not set and all that stuff. Gosh, Christopher Lloyd, hang it up. I love, oh, I love, <laughs> I love him, but he's like, he looks so terrible. Dude, he's like on his last legs. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And like he was saying, did you see the Kimmel clip? Yeah. Like he's really enthusiastic about there being a Back to the Future 4. Oh God. And I'm like, no, no, no. Normally I'm totally anti reboot, but I was like, reboot, reboot, reboot. <laughs> he can barely talk or stand at this point, you know. Uh, yeah. It was. It was bad. And I had not seen the Jaws and the Hoverboard commercial. Like, I saw the links on them on the internet the last yeah, couple you weeks. you just didn't watch them. But I just didn't watch them. So I saw them for the first time before Back to the Future 2. Yeah. Cool. I, the Jaws was hysterical. Yeah. So. Yeah, the Jaws was great. Um, the Hoverboard commercial I thought was cool. I'd seen the Jaws one before, so the Hoverboard commercial caught me off guard. It was hysterical, too. Yeah. That actor was really funny. Did you have a lot of cosplayers at your show? We had no cosplayers except for like one girl was just wearing, she was just wearing jeans and then like the Marty McFly, the, um, the puffy jacket, the orange puffy jacket. Nobody else. I saw your picture that you posted. And there was like at least, there was at least four Martys and like three Jennifers. Oh wow. (laughs) I was like, wow, I didn't expect any of that and everything. So that was really cool. And I actually came home and watched Back to the Future 3. As soon as I got home after it, because I was I, just in the mindset of it. You know? I did not. I had to drive. I had to drive an additional uh, hour home. Yeah, from yeah. my location. So by the time I got home, I went to bed. I did watch the special Adam Cornette. I want to thank you, a listener. I did watch the special Back to the Present. I think it was on the History Channel. Okay, and that was really good. Great interviews with Bob Gale and and I think maybe a little bit of talk with Zemeckis, but it was mostly Bob Gale talking about. And I like how they called it Back to the Present because we are in that time now. And then Jake, you got. I I also got the U.S today that that came out the next day yes yes oh, cool yeah, and i i went out and bought the uh, the day before back to the future day i went to best buy and got the brand new blu-ray box set mm. um amazon and best buy price match each other and yeah. amazon had it for 29.99 did you try to get uh, your own bottle of pepsi perfect from the website no but i am gonna try again you cannot you can uh, they, when? they announced that they're gonna have a second date Oh, really? Yeah, I believe it's November 4th. Don't quote me on that. Um, I'll Google it and find out for sure. Yeah. But I'm going to. They released it early. People were pissed off that we're waiting for like the midnight release. Yes. Yes. And so people were very pissed off that they missed it. And, um, because they released it early. Um, but uh, they're going for like if you go onto eBay, I mean, people are trying to sell these bottles because they limited them to the, uh, the they had a small supply that they gave out at New York Comic Con, and then they had sixty five hundred bottles that they were giving out on Pepsi dot com. Yes, and people are trying to sell these things already for three hundred and fifty to four hundred to four hundred dollars. They are. I looked myself. Right. They're making another sixty five hundred. They swore that they're going to go on sale at eight a.m. Central. On whatever the date was, I believe November fourth. Right. They because they know how pissed everyone was. They promised none would be sold before the eight a.m. time. Wow. And so well, that's I, cool that they're doing that. I agree, and I'm going to try. Yeah. So let me know if you want me to 
Definitely. Try to get you one too that yeah. same day. Yeah. That that night I was going to stay up till midnight and do it, but I was just so exhausted that night. So I went to bed early and I was just like, oh, I'll just get one tomorrow morning. And then I read the article on CNN that, you know, within minutes, it's like yeah. they sold out and people mm-hmm. were pissed off. And yeah. So. Damn. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. You know what? To, oh, to sorry, bro. Real quick. In uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving, the one of the, the Richmond, uh, Richmond, Virginia Comic Con is Bob Gale's actually going to be guest at. Uh, Ryan, uh, you guys on Star Joe's a couple weeks ago were talking about that, correct? Uh, probably. Yeah. Because uh, I know he's a big fan, so I think I said something to him about it. Because yeah. uh, the the guy that owns owns slash runs the show actually owns a DeLorean, mm. um, and he's like a ginormous uh, Back to the Back to the Future fan. So right. I was like, well, that's cool. <laughs> I know one of our listeners, I can't remember, maybe it was Dennis Asparrow, but I know one of our listeners actually went to the actual mall, the parking lot where they filmed that scene in the first movie, right. and they were playing the movie outside on like a big projection screen, oh, that's cool. kind of like a drive-in type thing, yeah, and they that played cool. it that night, so, and he said he was going to go, so. I saw the Comet comes out this Wednesday. Issue. Comic? Yeah, issue. No, it came out, yeah, it came out this past it Wednesday. It came out the past Wednesday, okay. It came out on Back to the Future Day. Oh, nice. It's on my pull list, so I'll get it, I'll probably have it by next show. I'm excited to hear what you think about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's... The, the book that Marty's dad wrote at the, uh, in the redone future after he comes back. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Uh, with like the invader on the cover. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, whatever it was. That would be <laughs> funny to do that too. That would be, they, are you saying they did, or would you like to see that? They should. They should. On the news, on the news article, the USA Today, yes. it was talking about how that book had been released or re-released or something. Yeah, they like look back at it. Yeah. There's like a retrospective yeah. about the book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was always one of my favorite parts about the original movie where he pops up in the uh, radioactive suit. Yeah. And he tells him, I'm Darth Vader, Planet Vulcan. Yeah. And he's playing Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. yeah. Right. Blow his eardrums. All right, guys. You know what? Let's not bury the fucking lead here. I was gonna, I was gonna bring up another fucking story, but I, you know what? Fuck it. It's stupid. So uh, we're gonna talk. I, I, I want to jump into Star Wars. Yeah. News, all right. So it's time now for Star Wars news, guys. Yeah. Is that it? That was like premature ejaculation on the bumper there. I'm I'm so sick of the long bumpers. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to trim this to half a fucking millisecond. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Now, here here we go. Here's Star Wars news. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) What's Amisa saying? You're supposed to be here with me. All right, so I know where all of us probably were, except for Frank, Monday. Were you watching it? Were you fucking watching it, Monday Night Football? I didn't have cable. He didn't have cable. So I couldn't? So I was waiting until I could get it online. I would have been, I would have been at fucking Best Buy. Shit. (laughs) I would have, I'm I'm with you. I couldn't have hauled my two year old there though. I would have fucking, I would have, I would have fucking went over to the neighbor's house. Something. (laughs) 
I, everywhere I go, you're I keep, a fucking disgrace. No, no, no. no. <laughs> everywhere I go, I keep thinking about what the tiny two year old terrorist is going to do. So, yeah. like, she tears everything up. I thought about going over my dad's, mm-hmm. but she lasts, like, maybe 15 minutes over there before she starts trying to tear into shit. Right. So I figured my best bet was just to stay at home, wait till it hit online, and then just, you know, watch it ad nauseum. Yeah. Okay. okay. I watched motherfucking football to see this train. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. Yeah, yeah. My my, I was at my uh, parents' house. And my dad was like, "So you watching football tonight?" And I was like, "I fucking guess." <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was just excited that he like knew about it. You know. Yeah. My dad doesn't know about much of that stuff, and and I was excited that he mentioned it. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll hang out and watch it." Yeah. <laughs> so, Grub, were you able to stay up late enough to see it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't worried about it because I knew it was going to be all over every everywhere when I woke up in the morning, so I wasn't that concerned. Yeah. Plus, fucking just getting the last two minutes in a football game is always like, oh, here's another 60 minutes of fucking time. (laughs) And they kept teasing people. Like, wasn't there supposed to be, like, seven seconds left, and they kept putting it at seven minutes? And it was just like, it was like basically just like, fuck you, Star Wars fans. Yeah. I was like, time has no meaning on this yeah. football game. <laughs> but you know what? Before we – we're going to talk about that trailer. But before, there's some other things that I did want to talk about here real quick. I want to talk about the Star Wars poster. I want to talk about Star Wars tickets. And then I want to talk about the trailer. Uh, guys, the new poster was released. We was released like the very next day. Making a phone call over there, Chief? <laughs> Getting a pizza. No, no. I was brushing a, uh, a cat hair off my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Can we turn Grub up a bit? I, 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 if I could, I would. Oh, I, I don't right. know I don't how know to. If it's, uh, if it's my headphones I'm using or, or what, so. I don't know how to jack it up any. Okay, I can do that. Talk, Grub. Hello. It's better. It's yeah. better. Yeah. But we're gonna come in really, really loud, so. Okay. It'll be like Back to the Future. <laughs> scary. Blast Thank yourself you. into the wall. Out and use the, whatever the, the computer does, but you might get a little bit of that weird, like, echoey thing going on. It sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, good. sounds good. A lot better. Yeah. Great podcasting right now. <laughs> I know. This is good. Hey, Inside baseball there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Star Wars poster came out. So, I, you know what? I think we're going to go ahead and rate the poster. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like that's something that we do. So uh, we do have a rating system here on uh, Pop Culture Leftovers. So... The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, so toss it, taste it. Tupperware for the uh, poster. Uh, You know what? Uh, Guests go first. So grub uh, the poster... I mean, what are you going to rate it? And like, what did you like? What do you not like? Um, it's a poster. I mean, I don't really get ever really excited about them. Uh, I guess I would say it's a taste it just because I don't, I'm, again, I don't know. I was, <laughs> I, I, you're, you're I, making I a mockery of my question, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take this rating seriously. <laughs> The problem with it is um, I had saw too many people that were throwing like these ridiculous, crazy uh, speculations about because of the poster. Mm-hmm. Like people were trying to say that Ray's staff was like a double-bladed lightsaber. because I saw that too. Clearly tell it's a lightsaber. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, well, so and the, even, the, even the way that it was parallel to 
his his uh, lightsaber. They're saying that maybe she's leaning towards the dark side. Then I heard other people are like, no, she's actually pushing it away in the opposite <laughs> direction. Like there's all this meaning yeah. behind the poster, and I'm just thinking, wow. okay, me, all right. To me, the meaning is she's the main character. That's why she's in the middle, and everything else is just throwing a little bit of all the other characters in. Right. You know, I'm sure that there's a reasoning for why they have things the way they are. I don't know what it is. And I don't fucking care, you know? It's like, it's the movie poster. I know the movie's coming out. I'm already excited about it. It doesn't really do anything for me at this point because it's nothing, it's not going to up to hype level. Um, Maybe it's a bigger deal to people who aren't quite as big of fans. Um, And, like, the only thing I saw that was, like, interesting on that was there was some little, uh, I I guess on the bottom kind of left-hand corner, there's... I think it's that weird little alien guy that's riding that like big tank looking thing at one point that we saw in a photo somewhere. And so I was like, why is he on the poster? But outside of that. Where, where, where on the poster is that character? Um, hold on. Right here. Let me see. So this guy here. Yeah, that's. Let's throw that up for me. Oh, guys, uh, that's, that's, um, I, I'm pretty, I'm 90% sure that that's Maz Kanata. I agree, yeah. Um, Maz Kanata oh. is uh, Lapita Nyango's character in The Force Awakens. Yeah, the one next to R2. Just the left R2 is what I'm talking about. Yep, that's Maz Kanata. Okay, yeah. Okay, now that makes sense. I didn't know what it was. but Yeah, Maz Kanata is uh, Lapita Nyango's character, like... That's her with like the, I think with the goggles on. Um, that role was, they first revealed that character's name in uh, the Vanity Fair article. And then uh, apparently her character, she's a pirate. Uh, around 30 years after the Battle of Endor, she owned a castle which played host to travelers and smugglers. And I think that's her character in the poster, so. But, um, I don't know. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna rate it too. I, I'm, I mean, I, for me, like the Star Wars official posters, I love the Struzan posters. And so this does not remind me of that at all. And I don't, I'm, I, I taste it. It's, yeah. it looks very, like, it looks like it's a fan photoshopped poster. Like anybody could do this with some of the images that have come out. You could kind of make this poster on your own, except for maybe like the Han and the Malaya stuff. Um, and those even seem a little out of place in the poster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to taste it. It's okay. It's just, it doesn't have that iconic, like the Struzan posters <laughs> that I love so much. So I agree. Yeah. It's no Luke Skywalker holding a saber above his head poster. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That mm-hmm. was, that was the one I always remember the most out of the original. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I do like the I do like the lightsabers that are on it. You know, you have Finn that has his lightsaber. You know, Kylo Ren has his, and then I, I do kind of read into the parallel saber holding there. Um, but you know, just because it's J.J. Abrams, and I think he likes to leave little clues here and there, so I don't know how much say he had over this. But I think it's a clue to something that when we do see the movie, we'll be like, "Oh, okay, so that was pretty cool that they did it that." It could go either way, though. Like I said, I mean, it's yeah. like, "Oh, here she is. It's parallel to him." And if she turns to the dark side or has those, or she's pushing away from it, I mean, it's like a fucking fortune cookie or like fucking reading my uh, a, like a uh, what is it? In the paper, uh, horoscope. Right. I mean, you can get anything out of anything. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm not putting too much stock in anything in that fucking poster except for the character images. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree with that completely. I think they're just going for symmetry with the poster more than anything. I don't think there's any clue. I think it's just all about how... You know, symmetrical, the right. lightsabers and the staff are. Yeah. Just gives it a cleaner look. Well, even know? like the blaster fire at the bottom corners, it, it is all very symmetrical. And yeah. 
Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it didn't blow my mind. So it's a taste it for me. Taste it for you, Jake. Yeah, it's a taste it for me. I, I thought the most interesting thing we got from this poster was seeing our first image at what looks to be like a new Death Star in the upper right. That's Star Killer Base. Yeah, yeah. So to me, that was the big takeaway from this poster that we hadn't actually visually seen yet. Right. So I was like, oh, well, there it is. It's a new Death Star, Star Killer Base. <laughs> it's a planet, though, right? It's an entire planet. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, it's it's a planet. It's stationary. It's but there's a- hope because it's got, you know, trenches. <laughs> it does have trenches, yeah. <laughs> that it does. I, I think I, I agree with um, kind of a little bit what you guys were saying. Like, it, this poster didn't, like, really wow me. I think a lot simpler could have been more wowing. Like, just, like, showing the back of Luke Skywalker on a poster mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, without seeing his face would have almost been a more holy shit poster than mm-hmm. this. They did yeah, that once like before the- with the prequels, too. No, the the episode one poster where it was just Anakin, you know, little Anakin walking in front of that building and in the shadow of Vader in the background. I love that poster. Yeah, so I, I agree. Simpler would have been better. It just it's just like the classic movie poster collage design that we've seen like eight thousand times. This looks like anybody with a fucking Instagram account could have made that or something, or you know, like you know, it just looks photoshopped. Yeah, I mean, people people thought it was fake when it came out. I remember seeing all kinds of people saying, "Is this fan made? What is it?" Right. <clears throat> I'm. Myself, I'm going to stick with the taste it, and I, I would say the my, the only problem I have with it is that it's just too busy. I know there's a lot going on. There's a lot of new stuff that they're going to be bringing up with the movie, but that they should have trimmed the body count in there down quite a bit. It's just there's a lot of things to look at. All right, so I think taste it's across the board. Yeah, then. Yeah. yeah. Taste it, party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Star Wars tickets went on sale. Um, Wow, that was interesting. It broke the internet, man. Yeah, and, it broke uh, the internet. I mean, you're looking at, uh, what did they say? The previous record holder for pre-sale was, was it Mockingjay? Yeah, Mockingjay yeah. Part 1. And then this beat that eight times over. Yeah. So, <laughs> guys, is, are any of you changing uh, your thoughts on, is this going to beat Avatar? I am changing my thoughts. I, I still don't think it will, but I, I like feel stronger that there's a chance now. Uh, I, I still I don't think it's going to beat Avatar. Man, I think it might. I think it might. I, I that's where I'm leaning towards. Just after this pre-sale, I, 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 I would, I would guess if I'm a betting man, I'm going to say it will. Mm. I think it will. I do not. Grub. Uh, I think it has a really, really good shot. I don't know if it's going to or not, but I mean, when it does six and a half million in pre-sales and IMAX alone, I mean, that's a fuckload of money. In just one type of screen, and this thing, like AMC, I think, think it said wasn't that said it had like a thousand screens were already sold out completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie's gonna make a shitload of money right before Christmas time when everyone's going off break. I mean, and if this movie's good, Jesus, it's gonna do. Oh, it's gonna do so much money. It's not even be funny. So, yeah, but it's got. I mean, it's really got a. How much did Titanic make? Like two point. Something billion. Yeah. I mean, 2.4 billion. I mean, or it, no, 2.8 mil- billion, I think it was. It needs what those movies had, both Titanic and Avatar, where it still needs to be in the theater for five plus months to even have a chance of beating either of those movies' right. records. That's the real no question. There's no guarantee that it's going to be. It'll yeah. be back in theaters like right before it gets released again, but. But the other thing is, I think the international market is much bigger now than it was like when Titanic came out. You know, so when you have. Uh, 
markets like China, you know, that have a billion goddamn people. If this movie takes off in China, it's going to two point eight billion is going to be like in the you're going to be looking at <coughs> your mirror. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does, you know, six, seven, eight hundred, maybe a billion in the states alone. But man, once the international sales start really kicking on this thing, Whew. yeah, true. Got a shot. I'm still no. I'm still. I'm still saying it's not going to. One in a million, kid. It's a shot. I'm uh, still if, saying it's not if going it does, to. Then I won't be sad. If it does, I would be happy. But you know, it's okay. will, will it beat out? Will it beat out long. Jurassic World? Yes. Yeah, yeah yes, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. When does the uh, next big movie come out? Is that going to be Batman v Superman in March? Hmm. Because that only Last, gives it four uh, months before that comes out and starts dividing people's money up. Well, the well, last uh, typically in four months, the movie's out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Well, doesn't uh, the last Hunger Games movie come out like mid late November? November. Yes. Because yeah. I mean that could still, you know, if that does if that's doing really well, that could still take a chunk out of it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and oh, it's, the Hateful Eight, but it's a rated R movie that I don't think right. take that much out of. No, it. I don't think that's going to have a huge opening either. Star Wars will definitely take the second week and the third week. Mm, I agree. Because like after that, it's like oh, Krampus comes out the week after the, you know, yeah, the, uh, what the the week after, like two weeks after it comes out. So it's like there's really nothing to compete with it. Hmm. So um, let's you know let's let's go ahead and break down the trailer now. Um, the trailer starts. We see uh, Ray. She's a scavenger, and we see her inside I, what I believe is one of the down star destroyers. And she's kind of like, uh, um, she's on a scavenging expedition. Um, do, do, she, do you think I just think that she's looking for anything in particular, or just like on one of her scavenging? I think she just needs shit, just yeah. looking for survival shit. I'm with yeah, you. Same. I, I would say she's looking for shit, but I think she finds something she wasn't looking for either. Seems you know, she's mm. got scavenged stuff right on her face in the very first shot. Right? Those are the the goggles. They're stormtrooper helmet uh, eyepieces. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I, but but I'm thinking like I'm thinking like she's I think BB-8 is going to be the one that kind of if anybody's going to give her like the lightsaber it could be BB-8. True. True. I don't know. It seems like when they show her right right she gets down to the bottom of and I think it's a star destroyer too. I think it's the same kind of pit that maybe the emperor fell down. That kind of situation, big long tunnel. And it seems like she's picking something up, and there's like a moment of pause before it goes to the next scene. It's real quick. Yeah, but I mean, if she's talking about picking up something that the Emperor, I don't know, may have left behind, I mean, it just seems like there's too many, like, relics in this movie then at that point. Like, I think the only weapon that, you know, Adam Driver's Kylo Ren's looking for is this lightsaber. Right. And she does have the staff on her back already, so it's not the staff. She has the staff. And I don't believe the staff has anything to do with anything. I agree. It's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. There's a shot of her then, you know, tinkering with something and looking off uh, longingly to a ship that's uh, leaving the planet. Uh, and that kind of reminded me of like a new hope when Luke is looking off in the distance and I mean, you know, that, that maybe, you know, she's destined to be something bigger in the Star Wars universe, just right. like Luke was. So, um, what do you think that chip is that she's seeing there on that shot? It, the, the way that it's shaped, I mean, is it, is it Kylo Ren's, uh, ship? 
It, it looks like an odd shape I haven't seen before necessarily. I think it's just a freighter or, or a smuggler. I just think it's a normal ship. I don't I, think it's anything. Okay. Yeah, I, I had no clue either. It's just such, such a small little dot, you know. Yeah. Is it is it leaving planet? It's leaving. It's definitely yeah. leaving. Yeah. yeah. I mean, design wise, it looked kind of like some of the Republic cruisers um, from like you see it at the beginning of episode one, and they made like a Lego set out of. That's what it kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that big a ship. I think it's just, you know, I mean, if she's a scavenger and people are going there, and you know, think about how much traffic there must be in and out of that planet with all that military hardware there that's still waiting to be scavenged. Maybe she's just thinking like, I wish I was on a ship just leaving the planet. That's just, what it looks like. I just want to leave Jakku. It looks like that Skywalker image where she's longing to get off. Yeah. Or she's daydreaming about leaving the planet and looking at the ship. You know. I feel like it is a bigger ship though and that's why it has so much mass from such a far distance away like if it was a smaller ship that far away like yeah that's true it's pretty big off in the distance yeah well you have no sense of perspective as to do there's no trees there's no you don't know how tall anything is so you have no idea how far away that ship actually is it could be relatively close it could be far away you don't know yeah that's true uh let's see here then we see uh an assembly we've seen this shot before the assembly uh, where I believe it's General Hux and he's talking to a bunch of stormtroopers while he's on Starkiller Base. And right. If you don't know what Starkiller Base is, it's a nice planet converted into a stronghold of the First Order and armed with a fiercely destructive new weapon capable of destroying an entire star system. Um, so <sighs> let's talk about fucking Starkiller Base a little bit. Is it, it's, this is, it's a planet, right? I yeah. mean, this thing, they've just, Starkiller Base is the entire planet, or is Starkiller Base something that's on a planet? Well, I've read that Starkiller Base is something that's like burrowed within the planet, but I mean, it's if I could if I could draw a diagram, it's like almost got like a like kind of like a um, snow cone shape, and it's kind of burrowed into the ground of the planet. Okay, and so, but I'm you know, and I'm hearing, so I don't know if it's inhabited with people before. Or, you know what I mean? Or if this is just like an ice planet? I don't know. Do they have control of Starkiller Base? Like, can they move it from one location in the galaxy to another? Or is it stuck static where it is? If it's a planet, it's stationary. Okay. Hmm. So, what I'm hearing is like, it's, it, you can't move it. That's what I'm hearing, the rumors. Okay. That's interesting. And I'm also hearing that it, it may deceive you as to what it actually is. When you when you look at it, it may actually just look like it's an ice planet. But in all actuality, it might be another fucking Death Star. I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of conflicting. Rumors. Yeah, I'm confused about it at this point too. I feel like I'm more confused over the last two weeks than I mm-hmm. than I was before. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll know in a couple of weeks, won't we? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, we hear a voice in the trailer. It's um, Maz Kanata. A lot of people are thinking it's, uh, some people are thinking it was Leia. I was thinking it could have been Gwen, uh, what's her name? Uh, Captain Plasma. Captain Phasma. Uh, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Christie. Christie. But it's, uh, it's Lupita Nyango's character of Maz Kanata, and she says, who are you? And then Ray says, I'm no one. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a shot of the First Order, um, oh, we already got that. Oh yeah, we got a shot of the First Order. Uh, let's see here, um, What is presumed to be the last and probably largest remnants of the Empire in the galaxy. Um, 
And like the events that were portrayed in Star Wars Aftermath, the book that recently came out, the Empire just did not go away. Mm -hmm. So the Empire is now the First Order. Um, We see Finn... And he, 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 it's clear that he is a stormtrooper. And then we see what I believe and what I know Jake believes is his TIE, shi- uh, tie fighter getting shot down on the desert planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jakku. And he crash lands on the planet. And we hear him say, I was raised to do one thing. So we know now that he was taken very young. And he says, but I've got nothing to fight for. So he says he's got nothing to fight for. What... I mean, we're going to have to find out what it was or what he saw or what happened to make him not want to fight for the yeah, First Order. What disillusioned him right. from the First Order in the first place? Like, what caused him to decide that it was not a good place to work for? Do you think that maybe Phasma asked him to kill someone and he did it and now he's... You know what I mean? Well, yeah. He couldn't do it. And then somebody else took care of the job. The thing, the thing though that I'm thinking that he did do it if this is a scenario and the reason I'm bringing it up is because the first shot that we actually see of him when he takes off the helmet mm-hmm. in that trailer, there are three lines of blood yeah. going down from the brow mm. past the lenses on that helmet. And it makes me think that someone had bled and ran their fingers down the mask. Oh, shit. So if I had to take a guess, he was ordered to kill someone. He watched them die in front of him. And now it's just he knows that this person shouldn't have been killed or whatever. And it's haunting him. But (laughs) speculation, man. And I also think like the way that J.J. Abrams kind of style of storytelling works goes that this isn't something we're going to see happen. Hmm. That just like the trailer, it's pretty much going to, like, I don't think it's going to be chronological, us finding out why Finn is disillusioned, Mm -hmm. and then his journey from there. I think through his dialogue and his actions throughout the film, Mm -hmm. we're going to be putting the pieces together as to why he left the First Order. Well, he could have watched Phasma kill somebody, too. Yeah. I mean, it might not even have been him. But yeah, I really think that. I don't, I, I don't think we're going to see a flashback by any means, but I don't think we're going to see chronological storytelling of this is why Finn's leaving and now Finn's left. I really think it's going to be come out through his dialogue to other characters why he is in the situation he is in rather than it's spelled out to us and we see the disillusionment happen. Right. Yeah. Could have been another stormtrooper, too, that maybe Phasma executes. Maybe somebody failed a mission and he watches that happen or something, you know. True. Or they're inter- interrogating somebody, and maybe he witnesses. Also, okay, I mean, it could just be as simple as we've heard the rumor that Poe, and we know that Poe is going to be a prisoner of the First Order. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we, we see, see it. Yeah. I mean, we see Kylo Ren, you know, basically like uh, choke, choke, him. yeah, exact torturing him. Um, and so, I mean, could Finn possibly be his jailer and kind of form a relationship with, you know? Poe through through that. That's you know what possible. I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Well, you see the stormtrooper carrying Poe down the hallway in one of the early trailers. It feels like maybe that is his character, and then he witnesses what Kylo Ren is doing to him, which is basically skull-crushing him is what it looks like. It looks like he's crushing his skull, screaming in pain, and maybe that's when he's just like, oh, shit. Because then we get the shot later on where uh, uh, Poe kind of pats Finn on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. It seems like that ties together. Well, somehow. they they definitely meet each other when he's still a stormtrooper, in my yeah. belief, because when he gets when he crashes down on Jakku, and there's a shot of him looking at the settlement in the trailer. Mm-hmm. As he's looking at the settlement on Jakku that uh, Ray lives at. He is holding Poe's jacket. Right. Yes. So how did he get the jacket? Well, he knows Poe. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I kind of got that too. Yeah. All right, Grub. Any thoughts on this? Uh, not really. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm real stimulating conversation. <laughs> All right. So now um, we see uh, you know the main baddie Kylo Ren, and I was kind of amazed that we saw so many shots of Kylo Ren looking differently in the trailer. Some with. Most most of the time we've seen him, it's with the hood up, and yeah. we're getting tons of shots with the hood down. Right. Um, and so uh, basically, we see. Uh, let's see here, the 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 melted mask of Darth Vader, uh, and uh, Kylo says to that mask. Do, do we know that he's actually saying that to? The, is it the way it's edited? Is he actually saying that to the mask, or could he be talking to Supreme Leader Snoke? I feel like he is saying it to the mask. I think he is having a, a monologue to himself in front of the mask. I mean, it, all speculation, like like you said, but if he's a Vader obsessive, he's probably talking to the mask. You mm-hmm. know, if he really is that obsessed with it, that he has that even in his possession. Yeah, like 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 Hamlet. We brought that up before. It's like Hamlet, and he's talking to the skull in Hamlet, but this is kind of that take on it. Right. I, I thought he was talking to the helmet. What's the guy's name? Skoke? Snoke. 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 I mean, I I think, like, we've seen in this, in this trailer that there's really, like, people don't believe in the Jedi and the Force much anymore, so I don't think he would even give a shit to hear Kylo Ren saying stuff about Darth Vader in the first place. I think that was pretty clear-cut in the trailer, and that to try for it to be actually different in the movie would confuse a lot of the audience. Yeah, it's possible. The trailers get cut that way all the time, where they psych you out with when the dialogue's being said. And well, to say something like "I will finish what you started" leads you to believe that this is a character that's been doing things within the universe already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's clearly Vader. Unless Supreme Leader Snoke is another way to say this is fucking the Emperor Incarnate. Yeah, you know what that's I mean. Possible. So I hope that's not possible. If I if I Darth Plagueis is the only route that I want them to ever. I go. agree. Yeah. Don't no. bring Palpatine back no. for, for this, no. Palpatine? Yeah. <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> Go for Papa Papa Palpatine. Papa time. Let's see here. He was a business owner. Palpa Johns. Guys, uh, when he says, uh, "I will, nothing will stand in our way, I will finish what you started, um, people are saying that this is how the Knights of Ren might actually have started out as the Acolytes of the Beyond, Hmm. which is a group that showed up in the Star Wars Aftermath book. The Acolytes of Beyond were a group of dark side fanatics who existed during the Galactic Civil War. After the death of Darth Vader during the Battle of Endor, the Acolytes of the Beyond purchased what they believe was the fallen Dark Lord of the Sith's lightsaber. Uh, They intended to return it to him in death during uh, the Battle of Endor. Uh, of course, uh, 
Darth Vader and the Emperor were killed, um, sacrificing his life to kill the Sith Master, Darth Sidious, the Emperor of the Galactic Empire. Several months later, the group known as the Acolytes of Beyond were in contact with a junk dealer on the planet Terrace named Ublaman, who claimed to possess the red-bladed lightsaber that had belonged to the Dark Lord. Three Acolytes of the Beyond purchased the lightsaber from Ublaman, intending to destroy it and return it to Vader in death. Ublaman was unsure if it was Vader's lightsaber, but the transaction was carried out nonetheless. <laughs> so the three of them purchased it together? Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a uh, Bart Milhouse buying the first issue of Radioactive Man number one situation. Did they argue about who got to keep it each night? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Of course, you would you would you would compare this to The Simpsons. Some of us were also thinking that too. Uh, yeah, Grub was probably thinking it too. <laughs> um, let's see here. We see Kylo uh, reaching out towards uh, Poe Dameron, uh, who looks like he's being tortured, um, and it, it, it's it's clear that he at this point in time he's captured by the by the First Order. Um, there's a brief shot of uh, some sort of weapon uh, that's being used to uh, destroy a forest. Um, trees are being uprooted, and um, uh, it looks like it's probably the weapon from the new poster. Yeah, that you see. Let's go back to that. It's like a real red. The color in that shot is really interesting. Right. The, which I mean, that's got to be the Starkiller base. Yeah, why else would it? It's like they're doing like a test of the weapon, right? Yeah, like a Hiroshima type deal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there, we see a shot of the Millennium Falcon in a dogfight with uh, TIE fighters. Um, we see Han with Rey and Finn on the Falcon uh, with the hologram map uh, showing some planets uh, that are floating in the hologram map. Ray, I love this part. Yeah. Ray says, are the, the, there are stories about what had happened. And uh, Han says, it's true. All of it. And I fucking, I fucking lost it. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Another like great line. Too. Great line from Harrison Ford. Another, another great line. <clears throat> it said so much about this universe that we're getting ready to see in this new Star Wars sequel, too, I thought. It's one of the most exposing lines of dialogue we've gotten from all three teaser trailers mm-hmm. as to just kind of the feeling of what's going on in this Star Wars world now. Well, think about what happened, like, 30 years before. I mean, people, like, looked up to the sky and saw the Death Star explode. Right. Then it's up to them to, like, fill in the blanks in the stories. So what becomes like what was fact then becomes like legend and then it can become myth and i think that's where we're at where people don't know if the legends are true or if they're mythical or whatever it's just like nobody knows it's like hearsay now i agree i don't think it ever was fact though to be honest with you i mean those were all private fights between luke and vader and i mean even in episode four we're referring to ben kenobi as a crazy old wizard and han thinks it's all a bunch of magic humbo jumbo bullshit and then they had all the like force jedi stuff was all pretty private between the characters Mm -hmm. so i think it was pretty easy to quickly become myth again after that oh i'm not disputing that i'm I'm saying like this was not widely known i mean the only people that are really going to know about this were the ones that were involved and like not everybody's stopping into endor to talk to ewoks and get (laughs) the real story and then really if you think about it afterward i mean luke's not gonna want to be famous you know i mean he's probably gone into hiding and that's why we haven't seen a lot of him 
I think he came out with his own line of George Foreman grills after. <laughs> <laughs> It's really fascinating, though. It's a, such a departure from what we got from the expanded universe before they announced these sequels, where Luke had like a thousand fucking Jedi army yep. and just all the. It's, I mean, it's basically the exact opposite of the future that they depicted in those stories. It's a smart way to go. I agree. So, uh, let's see here, uh, Grub. Any thoughts about any of that? I mean, that line or anything? To me, it strikes me as. I mean. You guys were kind of talking about it, but it's been, what, 60 years plus since the fall of the Jedi? So, you know, if you think about, like, in our own time frame, 60, 70 years, you know, ago was, you know, World War II. You know, we know a lot about it, but what do we really know beyond the stories we've heard? Right, true. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what I equate that to is he's basically saying that, like, you know, if you've got billions upon billions upon billions of planets and people all over the place... And 60 years have passed and maybe you don't get a lot of news from the core worlds or something. Mm-hmm. You know, for all you knew, the Jedi were a myth and then they were wiped out and you know, people are like, okay, whatever, they don't matter. And then that's the end of it. So it'd be kind of neat if there was like a character that kind of like maybe Max von Sydow kind of plays like a, uh, like a uh, Star Wars historian mm-hmm. and he can explain a lot of this to some of the characters, but, um, a bard or something. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that's that, what I would see it more going in the line, you know, that kind of, you know, myth, legend, bardy kind of thing rather than a historian because how many different languages must there be? And Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but if true. I want, if I want anybody to try to recount the tale at all, I want it to be more like what we saw with Han talking about it. Like we saw it happen, you know, in the original trilogy, but I mean, I, I just got chills when he spoke of it. If anybody's going to like talk about it and fill them in, I'd love it to be him. Yeah. Especially the guy who was the cynic at the beginning. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. True. Hokey magic and shit. Now, yeah. Kylo Ren. Oh, go ahead. Did you guys talk at all about, well, you know, the whole thing that went down between Vader and Luke and the Emperor? There's only one guy that knows what happened because he's the only one who lived. Yeah, that's what I was right. saying, that it was just a, a private fight. I mean, there was no, there was no witness to any of that but Luke. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, maybe the royal guard that were on the other side of the area is <laughs> kind of hemmed and hawing. But, you know, I mean, I mean, how do you ever get any anything other than speculation as to what really went on there if Luke never says anything? Mm-hmm. Good point. C-3PO's audio book. Sound effects. Okay, so also, you know, like the, the when Han says it's true, all of it, and, you know, he, he came from a place where he was very skeptical, you know, years before. If Kylo Ren is Han and Leia's son, watching their son turn to the dark side is even going to make him believe it this more. Yeah. Seeing yeah. it happen right in front of him. So, I mean, <laughs> that adds another layer to this, too. Yeah, that's very fascinating. It makes me wonder how much of... How much does Han even know about Kylo Ren? Like, is he, how fully aware is he about his son's transformation if he is in fact his son? Right. And did they hide Rey from him? I mean, is he old enough to where they hid her from him? And that's why she's on this other planet, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to make sure that they never come in contact or to try and make that possible. Or, or or was that Luke's idea? Or, you know, why is Luke in hiding too? Why are all these players separate? Are they? Yeah, that's an interesting point, Jay. Like, was Kylo like a Damien from birth? And they were like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> this this kid's wrong." That's what I wondered was was Luke <laughs> trying to train him and failed? And 
I don't know. No, uh, I don't know about that. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like he. I, I don't think that Leia and Han are together. And right, right. His 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 dad's gone, mm-hmm. and he starts feeling the force, and he's got no one there to really right. And so he just knows that the cat in the cradle, silver spoon, dad's gone, and he gets fucking angry and shit. Angsty teenager, and exactly. then he becomes Kylo Ren from there. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Or somebody takes advantage of him, like Snoke, and says, hey, you know, I'll I'll be kind of your father figure, you know, or something like that. But, I, I yeah, I kind of feel like Ray's separated because of Ren. So, I don't know. Could be wrong. I don't know. I feel like Kylo Ren, after he comes into being a powerful, like, Whatever he is, I feel like that's when he's going to be approached by Snoke. When Snoke sees sees use in him, okay. Like I don't feel like Snoke like raised him and guided him. I think he's like, okay, now we can use this guy. Let's call him up and mm-hmm. get him on the team, right? So much like the Moff Tarkin Darth Vader relationship. Oh yeah, for sure. Hmm. I don't know. It's oh my god, so many. So many fucking questions I, I have. I, don't I need know. answers. Yeah, <laughs> and God bless JJ for not like. God bless that I can't just go out and buy the PS4 version of this game and like watch the entire plot unfold a month before the movie comes out because that shit was impossible not to do for me for the, the prequels. Yeah, they did a good job of the. It's a lot more fun. I mean, the, even the fucking soundtrack won't be released until the day after the movie comes out, and I still clearly remember the episode one soundtrack coming out the week before episode one. And all of us reading the death of Qui Gon was <laughs> was a fucking track on the score. Right. Like Qui-Gon's they did. Yeah, yeah. They left nothing a fucking secret, and this seems to be the exact opposite approach. And I, I really appreciate that because I'm the type of person that must like have it all. Like whatever information's out there, I'm eating up before I see the movie. All right. So we see uh, Millennium Falcon going to hyperspace, and then we see the words "This Christmas" on the screen. Uh, we see a bunch of different shots. Kylo Ren standing in the rain with his lightsaber drawn, ignited. Uh, there are others with him, and we know I, that we're guessing that those are the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Yes. There's dot, there, go ahead, Grub. Did you guys see the troll job that somebody did on the internet with that with that shot? Mm-mm, no. Where they took the guy on the left, um, on the far left of that shot, uh, somebody took and and uh, photoshopped Boba Fett in, like, but the, you know, basically they. They made it look like more like Boba Fett, and people lost their shit. Like, One of them kind of oh, does look like why? Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of got that too. Yeah, and then they were like, and then people were like, no, that's an edited shot. And everyone, like you know, at least in my circles, people were like, oh my god, he's alive, he's alive. I'm like, fuck him, he died in the Sarlacc bit, guys. That's not Boba. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and then like a day later, it uh, it came out that it was a Photoshop and it wasn't that wasn't right. I laugh so hard at that. That's funny. It doesn't take much to get people feverish with the Boba Fett stuff. I was more interested in the guy in the background with a staff. He has a staff and he has a just a hood on. Um, you can barely see him kind of in the very back. Yeah. He's got a staff. Like golden, um, it's like the Royal Guard Force Pikes. Yeah, they, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, some of those guys do kind of look fetish as well, Boba Fett. I, I agree. Especially this one on the far left. Yeah, exactly. He has well, the cloak. Very Mando esque. Yeah, because of the design of the the swoop back, the swoop at the back, and the uh, the way the you know similar facial look on it. Yeah. Well, then there was also that shot that uh, we saw Brian you sent us earlier in the week, where they're walking into the building, and one of the posters hanging up has a little Mandalorian sign. Oh yeah, there's 
There's tons of symbols, though. Yeah, there's a lot of Easter eggs yeah. in that shot. Yeah, there's like United There's Nations. actually a guy on the internet that found out, I think, 14 or 16 of those symbols and what they mean. Oh, wow. So there's a link out there on the internet if you want to look for it of, of a guy that knows that, like, there's tons of the, the symbols. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's all it is. I don't think it's anything other than just, you know. It, that's Bobo uh, was not the only Mando. There were millions and millions of them. Yes. Right. Well, Boba Fett wasn't even Mandalorian. He just wore the armor. Yeah. Yeah. So. But in that shot um, with uh, Kylo Ren and the other ones that could be the knights, I mean, they just got done killing a bunch of people. There's bodies scattered yeah. all throughout the ground. People are. Have you heard the rumor that people are saying that that's when they retrieve the mask and those are dead Ewoks? Oh wow! They look like people. They look like yeah, people to me. People. Yeah, yeah my biker Scott Hart would be very pleased with that if it was. <laughs> <laughs> Can we step back a second to the hyperspace shot? Sure. I love that shot. I mean, the traditional Star Wars way of showing going into hyperspace is going into hyperspace and seeing the takeoff, and mm-hmm. it's really spectacular to see the arrival and kind of how the camera pans out of the hyperspace lights, and you see the Falcon come in. Mm-hmm. Like when I first saw that shot, like I thought we were going into hyperspace, and then to see the Falcon pop out of that on an exterior shot, like that was a cheer moment for me in the trailer. That was cool. It was a big moment. Um, let's see here. X-Wing ships, we see them flying over the lake headed into a uh, battle with stormtroopers uh, who are uh, in an attack position in the ruins of a base that they destroyed. Um, is this... Uh, the ruins of Maz Kanata's castle. Frankie kind of alluded to the castle earlier where mm-hmm. you saw the Mandalorian banner. Um, that's, I believe that's Maz Kanata's pirate castle, and then that's like her robot droid yeah. that you see walking in front of it. Um, this kind of, to me, it kind of looked like they destroyed that base, but I don't know. <coughs> I could see how you could think those are one in the same places by watching this a few times over again. And you see the like the tower kind of falling inward and everything. Right. Right. Yeah. I and like in the original trailer when you see like the um X-wings flying over the uh the lake, I think that's all part of this too. That's like the beginning of that. Like they are on their way to battle the stormtroopers at that time. I okay. agree. I agree. Um you know what that that scene seems to be evocative of is an empire with the uh, when you see all the Hoth rebel troopers in the trenches and then the snowspeeders go sailing over them. Mm-hmm. That's what that kind of reminds me of. I agree with that. Yeah, coming to save the day. Yeah, we hear Han say, "The dark side, the Jedi, they're real." Um, there's shots of Finn and Ray running on Jakku with the explosions behind them. Uh, Han is leading Ray, Finn, and BB-8 up to that. Temple, that Masconata's castle, um, where we see all the banners and things hanging. Um, they pass that droid. Finn, uh, Finn kind of turns around and looks at it. Mm-hmm. Um, the bad robot robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying that Luke is the one that's reaching out with the robotic hand and placing it on R2-D2. Um, and we've thought that since the first time we saw this image in, yeah. in the last teaser. Yeah. Uh, a ship lands, uh, and it's, it's, uh, that, it, I think that ship, that ship, that's Kylo Ren's ship, correct? Oh, let me see it again. I think you're right, though. Is it, is it that? Yes, it's definitely Kylo Ren's ship. What's that, Grub? 
was it the big like the the one that like the big wings kind of fold up on the side? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's, that's his. Then we get the first shot in this trailer of Captain Phasma. Mm-hmm. Um, just badass. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and w- w- what they're going to be able to do so well in like a lot of those Phasma scenes is the fact that she is wearing chrome armor. And that when the flame troopers are flaming shit, you're going to be able to watch the off-screen action like right on her fucking suit. You're yeah. <laughs> flames off of her suit. It's just so much, so much cool imagery is uh, they're going to be able to do on screen with that character just because of that fucking chrome fucking. God, armor. yeah, that suit must have been a post-production nightmare. Like, how many oh. gaffers did they have to CG off of uh, Captain <laughs> Phasma's suit every scene, you know? Yeah. Don't touch it! <laughs> I saw a boom mic in Captain Phasma's suit! Right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's see, Kylo Ren is straw, he's got his lightsaber, um, and uh, we don't see who the opponent is at that time. Uh, we get the quick cut of Rey, uh, who looks up, and uh, she... she is crying Mm -hmm. um and her acting in this scene is just amazing just like her her facial expression um awesome she just looks like she's lost everything in the world yeah um and if if you and i've seen people do this if you play with the colors on this shot that you're looking at here jake yeah you actually see that um the uh there's a red stripe on the on a jacket here mm-hmm. okay and that's the same jacket that finn wears oh, oh shit wow okay well it is in the woods too and so this might be what happens after the battle in the woods yeah people are saying it's chewbacca yeah, because that's got, the looks band. a bit furry, and you see the bandolier kind of well, over Chewbacca's here. next to her. Yeah. Chewbacca, Chewbacca's in the right. She's looking at Chewbacca. She, yeah, well... He might be, like, behind the body. She might be looking at Kylo. Oh. Like, how could you do this? Okay. So, I don't know. That's good speculation. It's in the same spot. It's in the fucking woods. Yeah, yeah. So, you might be right. I agree. And you know that, I mean, when he charges him, he's got his mask off. So, I mean, they all know who he is at that point. Right. In the lower right, it looks like Chewie. It does, yeah. yeah. That's why people are thinking that that was Chewie. They're thinking the red stripe was actually part of the bandolier, and it's not. That's 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 Finn's jacket. Wow. So. Hmm. You, get, you get the impression that somebody's going to die. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, this was dark. This trailer was dark. Mm-hmm. I got, yeah, for sure. I got that vibe. Um, let's see. The next scene, uh, we see Finn, Chewbacca, and Han. They're being held prisoners. They got their arms up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are looking into the sky and then they bring their arms down just like if somebody had shown up to, to help them. Right. Maybe some, I don't know, some X-Wings Han, or something. I don't know. Han's doing the same thing he did in the Endor bunker when the ATSD rolls up and Chewie gets out of it. It's almost exactly the same where he's oh. behind him, he steps up, and then when Chewie pops out, he just kind of like lowers him. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Yeah, good call. Um, we hear then, I think this is again, uh, Maz Kanata, Lupita Nyango's character says, the force it's calling to you. Uh, we get the shot of BB-8 and Poe Dameron's X-Wing, uh, and they are <laughs> going up against a huge <laughs> squad. They're definitely outnumbered, yeah. of TIE fighters. Um, 
super exciting to see how much um, ship action we're going to see in this movie. Oh. I think an atmospheric space fighter or uh, snub fighter combat at that, not space. Yeah. Right. yeah, that's something that was woefully missing from the prequels is seeing any kind of like ship on ship action sequences. Yeah. Um, let's see here. We get a lot more. Uh, I mean, and, and not only are you getting X-wing and Tie Fighter battles, but uh, also in some of those same sh- scenes, we we see stormtroopers doing ground assault as well. Yep. Yes. So there's a lot going on. Um, there's uh, the shot of Ray. She's angry and she's firing that blaster. <sighs> yeah. It's like a modified blaster, and she's firing that off. And like the once again, the emotion on her face is just like of. Anger. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> She's not a happy camper for some reason. Uh-huh. But I mean, when you think of, you, when you think of like her character, you definitely think like she's like Leia's daughter. I mean, right. you just, you, you think that for some reason. It's like, oh my gosh, she's a fucking, she's in the Skywalker family. Seems like the she's easiest. A solo or yes. you know? Yeah. For yeah. sure. Feels like she has to be at this point. Yeah. Um, we see the scene and, uh, man, this is another scene that got to me. Leia hugging Han. Mm-hmm. Um, and she looks like she's crying. Yeah, that, she's so. crying. Yeah. Right before that, we see my favorite short moment where we see the uh, stormtrooper like flying in the air. <laughs> yeah, the it's, falling it's, out it's, of. Yeah, it's it's that one stormtrooper is getting shot by the X-wing, and in the background, there's a stormtrooper like flying through the air as a building blows. <laughs> yeah, that's like my favorite moment of the whole trailer. Is he, is he falling from a Tie Fighter? It looks like he, I don't know. There's like this building no. getting blown up, and he's like falling I from think, it. Yeah, I think he got flung up in the air when the building exploded, and what you're seeing is him coming down. Here it comes. It's <laughs> my favorite moment of the whole trailer. <laughs> that sound effect. Oh, yeah. You know that guy's going to be screaming. Yeah. It's, uh, have you guys ever seen Blazing Saddles? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. When, you, it, when, when you watch the very end of that movie, when they're blowing up the town with all the idiots <laughs> that are running around in it, if you watch the background, you see, like, fake horses catapulting <laughs> up into this. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. I love that moment. We see um, Kylo Ren and Finn getting ready to have that lightsaber battle in the forest. Now, the first look on, I still stand firm that Finn looks pissed off at first. Yeah. I think, because there's two shots of this. The first shot is him pissed off holding his lightsaber. The second shot is when he takes in the visual of how big kylo ren's lightsaber really is that's when he looks worried he looks terrified in that shot yeah. because he looks like he needs to change his pants yeah right right but at first he looks pissed off he looks pissed off like let's dance let's do this motherfucker but like the when he takes in like the full fucking shot of that lightsaber and how massive and huge it is yes that's when he's like holy shit yeah, <laughs> yeah i agree he's a little worried Little worried. He's there. backing up too. He's just like, right. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that was an intense moment. Well, man. it makes me want to see like when the, when the, when the sabers first clash. What's gonna fucking happen? Is this just gonna go flying through the air? It into could the be one hit. Snow? Yeah, it could be one yeah. hit. Boom, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah, that could be a, that could be a kill right there. Yeah, and hence why he has the saber he has. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, with it being like unstable or overcharged or whatever, we've seen it like you know fluctuating and shit. What kind of reaction will it have when it hits another lightsaber? Will yeah. it disable it or could stun the dude? It? Yeah. 
Um, I'm sure it'll work just fine when it hits another lightsaber. I oh, yeah. think I think so too. I, I think it'll work. I think actually, I think that we will see a lightsaber battle. I I, I think that they make these things pretty well. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we then hear uh, Maz Kanata say, "Just let it in." Talking about the Force, we're assuming that she's still talking to Ray. Yeah, me yes, too. I agree. Um, they're basically when. What I love about the last few lines, uh, you know, of Maz Kanata talking to Ray, uh, saying things like, the force it's calling to you, uh, just let it in. Um, it basically is showing us that the force is something of uh, mysticism and magic again, as opposed to the midi-chlorian bullshit. Yes. It, and it really feels like... Um, it's, they're saying that it's something that will call to you and you have to be willing to like let it inside you as opposed to like, oh, okay, what's this dude's midichlorian count? Right. <laughs> it's like J.J. Abrams is like, no, we're taking the force back. Yeah. It's we're, like you're chosen. Yeah. You're chosen and then it's your choice from there. But like you said, who are their teachers? Mm-hmm. They don't even believe that this is real. So like, Anyone who's feeling this stuff, they may not know exactly what it is. Yeah, I agree. And it makes sense with the timeline perspective that that's the way you'd go with the Force at this point, too. Right. I mean, exactly. Like, they weren't doing that shit in the originals, either. It was only in the prequels that was happening. So even by that time, it was something that you had to to feel within you. And they didn't have a fucking Force thermometer that they could stick up your ass and say, oh, you got 800 midichlorians. Well, I'm sorry. You're not like Force sensitive, but you do have diabetes. diabetes. So... Jake. A low-powered what? Jake, low-powered what was it? lightsaber. Nope. What was that thing you were shoving up my ass, though, the other day? You said that that was a force thermometer. Well, we have them now. We're, we're still... <laughs> <laughs> God, I feel like I've been taking advantage of it. Just checking. Just let it in you. Let it in you. Yeah. We had to make sure, Brian. That's our Star Wars trailer. We didn't rate it. It's a Tupperware. It's a Tupperware. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Tupperware for sure. <laughs> it's a party. How fucking stupid is it to, like, not Tupperware that yeah. fucking trailer? Eric, taste it. Did you guys watch the uh, the, the the trailer or the, the video that John Boyega put up of him watching it for the first time? Yes, I did. I saw one with him and I saw one with Daisy Ridley where she had the blanket covering her face and was giddy with excitement at yeah. seeing it for the first time. I did not see that one. I didn't even know that one existed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll find that link for you, Grub, and show it to you. Cool. That's all I got for the fucking trailer. Is there anything that maybe I missed that you guys want to point out or any other things from the trailer that uh, that you guys wanted to call any attention to that you really liked or didn't like? Or The music, man. The music mm. so makes these trailers. Yeah. <laughs> and I think of the three, this is the first time we're hearing new music from this movie instead of just uh, classic Star Wars music. I think a lot of the music was uh, like the Han and Leia like love theme. At the very beginning, though. Yeah, that's all new. Like the her spelunking in the ship music is from nothing I remember before. Yeah, that's true. So I, think I, know, are... I still think the best part of the trailer was uh, Poe slapping Finn on the arm. I don't know. That just like every time I watch him, like I, I agree. I, I was texting Brian after we saw it that the bro moment between uh, yeah. Poe and Finn was fucking awesome. Yeah, that was it, so it has that, cool. It just reminds me so much of that whole like Han and Luke feel in the hangar of Yavin right before Luke's about to go off to fight the Death Star. I agree. Yeah, it made me more excited about Poe's character too. This trailer. Did like, you guys see the alien creatures behind Poe? Uh, behind. 
Dan, excuse me, that I posted on Facebook. I did see that, where we see our first look in the movie of uh, Allo Asti. Oh, Allo yeah. Asti. Yeah, and see him running in the background. And the other thing that caught my eye was, this is purely from a com- costuming perspective, but some of the resistance fighters that, I, that are running in the background, there's dudes that are long-haired and bearded, and I'm like, I'm canon! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Uh, you guys remember a long time ago and grub you may have heard me say this before that there there were shots of adam driver in uh the resistance uh you know uh Mm -hmm. uh, attire and everything yeah okay that that was a big deal at first i i'm hearing that it wasn't adam driver that the shots were blurry and it was actor kip anderson oh really that's what i'm hearing now but they look so similar yeah interesting God, I could have sworn that was Adam Driver. It looked like Adam Driver, but like <laughs> that the the guys from MakingStarWars.net, they huh. I think that they said that they think it's actor Kip Anderson who is actually playing a resistance fighter in the film. That would make sense, yeah. Abrams had to love that 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 but was you, misreported like that. If you well, the funny thing is, if like you look at Kip Anderson's IMDb page, he looks nothing like Adam Driver. Okay, yeah. I was just gonna go do that. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I don't. It wasn't at the Millennium Falcon scene too. It's like he's walking away from the Falcon, kind of where the rest of the fighters are too. You know, rest of the resistance. Is. I'm talking about just like photos that were taken from a drone. Right. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about too. Yeah, that were taken uh, from a drone. It looked like Adam Driver. The biggest thing in that trailer to me was the Falcon on in flames. I didn't. You guys didn't even touch on that. I didn't see that. The Falcon in it's, flames. You at one point it's really it's a real quick shot. You see the Falcon and it looks like it's in flames. And then the next scene is the explode. It looks like the uh, like the bridge of like a Death Star or something is exploding <laughs> inward. Hey Jake, could you turn that up a little bit? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's real quick, and it's probably towards the I don't know the last um, three quarters of it, maybe. Are you watching it right now? I'm watching, it, no. trying to find it. It's after the bro moment between Poe and Finn. Uh, hold on, let me look it up real quick. The Broment. He's saying the after bromant. that big explosion on the bridge. Uh, no, it's it's right. It's the, it's the scene directly before the. Uh, I'm gonna get more alcohol. Directly before <laughs> the bro moment. I want to see it. Hold on, we're looking it. We're looking. So it's after the Knights of Ren. It's after they're skimming the water. Right before the bro moment. I don't see it. Go further back. Go. Say again, Grub. The bridge, like you see, what looks like the bridge of like a star destroyer, like like something explodes and it throws these guys backwards. It's uh, like right before that. That's really early on, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't think so. It's at the one fifty-five mark. This is good podcasting. I know, I know. <laughs> That's what he. It's right before the Han, right before the Han and Leia hug. Right. Okay. Here we go. There's the Luke moment. The Kylo ship. Ray's crying. You'll see Kylo like turn around and do like a force push or something, and then the next scene is a Tie Fighter that it's at it's at one fifty six. Oh, there it is. Oh shit. Oh fuck. But I mean, talk about it looks like it's on flames. Yes, I did see that. I don't know if that's on flames or if it just went through something that was burning. Jake's gonna pause. He's gonna continually pause it. Oh shit, shit, shit. It looked shit, like shit. it flew through something on fire. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's like the first time I saw it. I was like, holy shit, is the Falcon in flames? Why is nobody saying about this? Because it's being chased by a TIE fighter and it's being shot at. Too. Yeah, it it's, flies go- through yeah. it's just going through an explosion. Yeah. It's not in flames. Well, it looks like it's on. But uh, on that scene that immediately follows where mm-hmm. you have the bridge explosion and the guys are flying back, uh, that's definitely a callback to the Empire because you got one of those little mouse droids. In there? Yeah. The oh, yeah, yeah. Should we yell at? Yeah, there's yep. the mouse droid yep. right there. Yep, yeah, it's, that's fine. <laughs> that mouse droid is toast. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, I need a new job. First I got Wookiees yelling at me, and now I got ships blowing up. Fuck! But guys, that's our, that's our trailer. So, Eric, thank you for joining us for the trailer. Do, do you watch Rebels, Eric? I do. I actually just watched the second episode uh, about an hour or so before I got on with you guys. Awesome. Let's talk about that. Just talk about it real quick. I don't know, man. I don't know about Did you watch it, Jay? Yeah, yeah. What? I think that AT-AT battle in the dust storm was one of the coolest I things. I agree. I agree. I was going to say this is one of my favorite episodes. The, the walker what? on walker action. <laughs> was that or was that not great? Well, that was awesome. Plus, you actually saw, like, tactics used with an yeah. AT-AT that you never really saw before. And yeah. Dallas apparently has got a tactical mind. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I loved, uh, I loved like, the, the trust that they, 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 they're how much they they feel like they serve a purpose now again now that they're working with Jedi again? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that and that whole conversation Rex had about uh, you know I served with like the greatest Jedi and he's talking uh, about Anakin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. This is all give me goosebumps thinking about that. It, it was so good. Oh my god, the season's been amazing. Yeah, for yeah, sure. The final scene with Ahsoka and Rex. Yes, the hugging it out. Oh man, dude, I was getting all emotional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, that fucking that uh, I thought last week was great with the fucking Juba fucking yeah. monster, and like this week, I'm just like, holy shit, that Adat battle was just in the dust storm was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It was, it was like perfect, like what I wanted to see, you know, fucking Adats in the fucking dust storm, love yeah. pincer maneuvers and shit like that. I loved it, yeah. and it, it like brought the whole team together too. I think this whole situation, like the team, seems a lot tighter, a lot closer now too, which was mm-hmm. cool. So yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, Tupperware that last episode. For sure, Rebels, yeah, so. for sure. All right, guys. All right, we're gonna end the uh, Star Wars segment. Grub, you can leave us, or you're welcome to stick around. It's up to you, sir. Uh, I might take off. I got some laundry and stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> my uh, my niece was over earlier, and it really threw a wrench in everything. So ah, oh, that's cool. Uh, man. Right on. Well, thank but you for joining know, us. It depends on what you're talking about, too. So yeah, we're just gonna go into good pop, bad pop, and so. Uh, well, in that case, good pop, rebels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure, yeah, Tupperware bad rebels. Pop. I don't know. Bad sore feet. Ba- bad pop for you is uh, Back to the Future, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There's a sidebar story here. A lot of buzz around a prediction made way back in the 1989 movie Back to the Future 2. Watch this. Wait a minute. Cubs win World Series. Against Miami? Yeah, it's something, huh? Who would have thought? Hundreds of one shot. (laughs) Hundred to one shot. Okay. Joining us now, one of the co-writers of that Back to the Future trilogy. His name is Bob Gale, and he's with us right here. How are you? Even I know (laughs) that you made a mistake. It was a wonderful prediction, but you made a mistake. You said that they'd play Miami. Well, remember, in 1989, when the movie came out, there was no Major League Baseball in Miami. That's right. So we predicted that by 2015, there would be Major League Baseball. 
okay, we got the league wrong. Yes. And we <laughs> did get the team wrong. We said it was the Miami Gators, but that's pretty good. What'd you say? I'd say it's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. You've enjoyed a resurgence, haven't you? Because of that prediction 30 years ago. Oh, I, my, my phone is ringing off the hook. My email is going crazy. Bob, we got to talk to you about the Cubs. How did you know? How did you know? <laughs> well, I didn't know. I mean, I'm a Cardinals fan, actually. Oh. So the Cubs are uh, our per- perennial rivals, friendly rivalry, but I've always liked the so Cubs. So that's why you picked them? Well, what was the most absurd thing that you could think of in 1989? <laughs> what would make Marty McFly go, what? <laughs> make him want to bet on sports? And it was the scene that you just showed. The Cubs win the World Series. So you've got a lot more life left in that prediction if the, if the Cubs beat the Mets and go on to the World Series. Yeah. I mean, you've got a job for a really <clears throat> solid job for the next three weeks. <laughs> exactly. And the interesting thing about this is that if the Cubs don't make it, the joke is still funny. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. whatever happens, um, they'll still be talking about it one way or the other. Well, where's the hoverboard? That's what I want to know, well, uh, Mister. I will. I will tell you. Last week, I rode a hoverboard. I rode a functioning hoverboard, Arx Packs, up in Los Gatos. Uh, the Hendo hoverboard. They're coming out with version 2.0 uh on october 21st which is the day really? that marty mcfly travels into the future did you approve of it was it good it's it's i mean it's, it's the real? first step it's real okay. yeah it hovers oh. I'm, i mean i'm i'm you're not going to see me uh competing with tony hawk or anything <laughs> so if you wrote That's the Jetsons, story you'd maybe have a flying car right now but you well <laughs> we put flying cars in the movie but just think about it yeah. people have enough trouble driving in two dimensions That's so true. Very true. <laughs> thank you sir bob gale that was quite a prediction <laughs> <laughs> you're milking it i don't blame you <laughs> well, <why not? laughs> it's a great nice movie it still great works stuff. it is it still did. works yes yeah. you know you can watch it now it's, it's still funny and the theaters all over all over the country on october 21st you can see back to future part two for one night on October 21st. Oh, okay. So Terrific. if you haven't ever seen it with an audience, it's it's a kick. It's you get residuals. Great. Yes. You, you do. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Why not? Why That's not? the key. Bob, thank you very much indeed. It was thank a pleasure. You. Thank you very much. Good luck, sir. All right, hey, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Slow the energy down. <laughs> so, just to give everybody a heads up, I, I, I'm, I'm not 100% this week. I'm not feeling good. So we are going to be doing good pop, bad pop, um, and then wrapping up. Uh, emails, no emails this week. Uh, we're going to read them all next week. I promise you next week is the week we're going to read these damn emails. In the meantime, please, I've got enough emails. Just give me one week with no emails. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> yes. You don't, so I can get caught up on these. I want to read these. Just give me one week of no emails. That way we can get caught up on these, and then I then I will lift the ban of emails. <laughs> yes. And I'll say a disclaimer here for you, Brian. Normally, we, we, he's, he's joking when he says, enough with the emails, no more emails. Right. Like, normally that's a gag. That's a joke. He means it this time. Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> and if you're going to be that asshole, that, that asshat that sends the emails this week, I, I won't read that email, right. okay, just to let you know. So I've got enough emails for next week. If I get any more, it's really going to just, yeah, too much. It's, Trash button. Yeah. Instantly. Exactly. It's gone. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for your thoughts. I'm not interested. So uh, we're going to jump into uh, good pop, bad pop this week. Yeah, eventually when it plays. God damn it. <laughs> Somewhere Eric Maribel is crying. For more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read that we liked or disliked. You know our rating system went over that earlier. So 
I want to start off good pop, bad pop. Jake, are you really leaving when we're talking about Walking Dead? Yeah, I don't. I, I've been. I've got the blinders on. I, I have no idea what's going on this All season. Right. I know the only thing I know is Alexandria, and I don't even know if that's a person or a location or okay. what. I, right. I know zero. Okay. So I, I really, I'm getting caught up. All right, jump out on the porch, Chief. All right. And, uh, when I give you the, you look out the window. When I give you a thumbs up, that means uh, just get in your car and go home. <laughs> That's not a thumb. No. <laughs> it's not a thumb. <laughs> so I'm supposed to moon him, right? <laughs> yeah. So this was this was episode two of The Walking Dead mm-hmm. for uh, season six, and it was JSS was the title. Um, guys, they have come out with guns. I'm going to Tupperware this episode, number one. They have come out with guns blazing. They've got some of the best people on the show. First episode was directed by Greg Nicotero. This episode was directed by Jennifer Lynch. She fucking killed it. She was the one that directed the episode last season uh, where Noah died. Oh, gotcha. And that was a great episode. Yeah. She's come back and she's brought it this this with this episode. I think this episode was better than the first Hour and a half episode. This ramped everything up. Right. I think this is probably my favorite episode of The Walking Dead ever. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I can't think of it a better episode uh, that I have seen. Um, so I am in a Tupperware this episode. Great shit from Carol. Great shit from Morgan. In an episode that did not feature Rick at all. Right. We also got to watch a uh, young girl eat a turtle. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know, what did you guys think about this one, JSS? Uh, I loved it, and I, I agree with you. Like this, this episode was was better for me in many ways than the first episode, which was fucking phenomenal too. Um, but just to see, like, <laughs> it starts off so serene. You know, Carol's like talking about cooking and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden people get hacked up. You know, it's well, pretty much. You start off with like, uh, what's a girl name? Uh, e- Edith. Enid. Yeah. Enid. Her backstory. Enid. Her yeah. backstory. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it jumps into you know like Carol just kind of like in the in the talking to the other hens. Yeah. Yeah. In and, the kitchen. You know, and then she fucking you know mic drop with the. Cigarettes will kill you shit. Yeah. Which literally the cigarette kills her later. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I think it was good because in that little scene in the pantry, she's like dropping subtle hints to people like you need to not be so picky. Mm-hmm. Like she's using all the stuff that nobody wants and then she's trying to tell them you can, you know, you can do stuff with this. Mm-hmm. Right. And then she lets loose with the little, you know, bit about how the cigarettes try to kill you and there's enough trying to do that already. Yeah. I thought it was a little bit of a fantasy that I was seeing when that dude came up and hacked that bitch's face off. And I mean, like, for the first couple minutes after that, I was like, what the fuck? Is this really going on? Yeah. No, it was like, you, like, what made that scene so great is the, the setup was just like, you know, she, she said what she said to upset that woman. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, she knew that that would probably drive her to go smoke. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there she is, like, you know, Carol's looking out the window, like, yeah. oh, yep, I called it. There she is, fucking smoking, little Miss Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And then that's the moment you're caught up in. Uh huh. And then it switches gears brutally, and you see one of the most terrifying things ever. And there's no audio outside. It's like she can't hear what's really going on. Right. And all you see is just like 
I felt like I was looking out my window. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what I saw. That's how I felt. Like, oh my god, when I saw that, I was just like, holy shit, mm-hmm. shit is going down. And like, this is like we're introduced to the wolves again, and yeah. like who the wolves are. And these are not people that are like. Um, <sighs> These are not people they, – they said that this world is not made for us as far as, like, living in society anymore. Right. These are just people – they're a tight-knit group. They're just a group of people that are just kind of like they, – they survival is is just killing fucking other people. Yeah. Where everybody else is a threat. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just – I loved it. I thought it was so good. It's kind of almost like two steps behind where Rick is at right now. I mean, the least little threat, Rick wants to kill him. Carol's doing the same thing, uh, but they still have honor and still care about, you know, living people. They wouldn't just go out of their way to butcher anybody. Yes and no. I think that's more of, like, Daryl, because Daryl's still wanting to go out there and recruit people as to where Rick is like, no, this is it. We're moving forward with this group. Right. And and we're, I don't want you to go out there and look for more people. I think Rick has basically embraced, like – he has to become what they are to protect the group. Mm-hmm. Right, but he doesn't he go is looking be- for it. He'll he, kill anybody that comes in. Yes, but he's become the enemy to protect the group. Like the necessary evil? Right. Okay. You know, yeah. it's like he's fighting fire with fire. Right. And Carol's the same. She's absolutely throughout this episode. We saw a lot with Morgan. every season, though. We do have like a Dale, we have a Herschel, and now we have a Morgan. Yeah, right. yeah. And you always have to have that moral compass. You, well, yeah, you, you do. But like, and we even saw that a little bit with Carl because the Carl that we saw in like was it season three or four when he just shot that kid in the the fucking yeah. woods. Yeah. Uh-huh. We didn't get that here. No, Carl shot him in the leg, and then Carl's coming up and. Then the guy tried to kill him. A little more hesitant. A little bit it. more hesitant. The yeah. old old school car will just pop that motherfucker in the head. Yeah, I was right. pretty surprised by that actually. That he didn't. That he did wait. And mm-hmm. like he he almost got killed because he waited too. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and then yeah, you have Morgan walking around trying to be the moral moral compass, the reflection on you know like this is what you are, Rick. But I'm trying to tell you, you don't have like who you really are is not who you're portraying right now. Yeah. You think you have to do this, and he did it with Carol too. And then Carol's like, "No." I love know. how, like, you know, that there's a scene where uh, Morgan is tying the guy's hands yeah. up and shit, and Carol doesn't she just come up and shoot the guy? Yeah, oh, in the yeah. head. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they had him on lockdown. He wasn't going anywhere. It was him and the priest, and she just bam, boom. Dead. Well, yeah. er- earlier in the episode too, she tells the the kid whose father you know was abusive, and they yeah. killed him off. She was like, "Get over it. He's yeah. dead. He's yeah. gone. Get over." He's it. He's the only person that she had been like real with throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing because with everybody else, she still had that fake homemaker. Yeah. Um, attitude mm-hmm. on but with him it was always this is what it is right um what about the scene with uh the mother um with the scissors yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys think that a little bit of that was a little bit of holdover from uh the anger she was carrying towards her husband yeah yeah i i think yeah. i think ron even kind of got the picture after that too it was very gratuitous Oh, yeah. The way she killed that woman. Oh, right, yeah. So I felt like it was like her, like, taking back, 
you know, what her husband took for from her mm-hmm. all those years with the the alcoholism and the abuse. Very much like Carol's character, too. Exactly. I think. Yeah, because yeah, when uh, her husband died, she didn't she chop him up? In the first season, when he died, she was oh, going at him with an axe. Yeah, and then she was like taking swing after swing, and you could see yes, the up from you're right, end. you're right, yeah, yeah. So I see her kind of going down the same similar path. The only difference is that she still has her children. Right? Yeah, true. Yeah, so she still has that. It's like you know, Carol goes from like being this mother to like, hey, uh, look at the flowers and blowing <laughs> right. kids' head off. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, so. Yeah, it, it was a cool episode, and I also enjoyed that we had the first episode with hundreds and hundreds of zombies, and then this episode, it's a, it's more about how how almost much more dangerous the human element is. Right. You know what I mean? These people that are going off the hinges, or you know, maybe they're a cult, maybe they're not, maybe they just believe that we have to slaughter everybody to survive ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows you, like, from episode one to episode two these two things they have to deal with right. and internal stuff within their own groups. Yeah. So it's like a lose, lose, lose situation. Let's talk about Morgan a little bit. Yeah. Guys, I mean, really, I mean, I understand you wanted to, you know, keep your moral ground, but when you're literally witnessing people inside Alexandria being chased down with knives and being killed in front of you, you're still wanting to show mercy on these people. Right. Morgan, I get it. If those people came in there and they were just like, hey, we want to be a part of this society. Um, I understand, like, Morgan saying, no, let's not just fucking kill them. We can't trust them. But on the flip side, once they jump the walls and they fucking uh, start just going around killing people, that's when, yeah, okay, Donatello, use your bow <laughs> And, like, let's seriously just start kicking some ass. Right. I understand the message he's trying to portray. I don't hear. Not when you're watching people being it, killed. You right. know what it is, though? It's for himself. He's not necessarily trying to save Rick or Carol. He's trying to save himself, mm. you know, morally and everything else. It, it's the idea that, yeah, there's no, there, there's nobody now to tell you you don't do this. Uh, and many times you feel like you have to kill people in order to survive. But it, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think he's trying to let everybody know that, if everybody decides to kill everybody, that's all there ever is going to be. Mm-hmm. Somebody sooner or later has to say, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, but not in this well, not instance. Not right that in the instant, right. Right. But he doesn't Well, you know what? I'm going to take a stand now. It's <laughs> <laughs> the wrong time, but right. I do understand what he's trying to say. I like that he was put in a position later in the episode where it was kill or be killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And – when he says, I'm sorry, we can assume that he killed that guy, right? I oh, yeah, believe so. Sure. Yeah, that, and that's the reason he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Right. Because he, he did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's going to start understanding what kind of like a little bit more where Carol and Rick is coming from. Right. What about fucking Carol fucking dressing up as Aphen? Badass. <laughs> She's the ultimate fucking chameleon, man. Yeah. She goes from homemaker to dressing up as a fucking wolf, you know. I was a little bit, not, trust me, I'm not worried about anybody within Alexandria. All the fucking people that live there are red shirts, in my opinion. Exactly. But on the flip side, I was thinking, like, what if one of them did go after her thinking that she was one of the wolves? Right. She would have just killed him. Yeah. Because none of them know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. But I was just thinking, like, maybe some some sniper somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of sniper, that's where the uh, horn came from that we yes, heard the first week. Right. Yeah, the guy had to shoot him, or else he would have drove right through the front gates. Right. Right. So, 
Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know, man. It's such a great episode. A lot of theories, though, that people are saying that Enid, they're thinking that she may have been one of the wolves at one time, or mm-hmm. maybe she knew of who they were. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that that's true. She may have come across them in the past, but I think like the, with the way they set up the beginning of the episode of how it showed her parents being killed. And then, um, I love, I love that whole beginning. I hate seeing animals being hurt like right, that, yeah, but, right. but I mean, they almost made it, they made it like so that she almost looked like a zombie and she was hunched over eating the turtle. Right. But I mean, um, a lot of people are saying that she could have been like a scout for them or something. I, she didn't have a W carved into her forehead, number one. But I, I think that she's just kind of like one of these people where she just keeps moving. She yeah, keeps, she don't fit in. And she knew that this place was going to fall anyway. Eventually, she, right. yeah, exactly. She was super apathetic about it. That's why it. she had those keys. Yeah, yeah. It was every to way get out. possible to get out because yep. she knew that it wasn't going to last. Yeah, right. I totally agree with you on that. I think she was very apathetic. She goes to goes to see Carl in the middle of all this shit just mm-hmm. to say goodbye. Like, like she doesn't care. But it's not that she doesn't care. It's just that she understands, like, this is what can happen to you. Yeah. She doesn't want to so, get attached to people. And, and she doesn't want to get attached to people. But she understands the wolves. Mm-hmm. It seems like she understands their – she's like, yeah, anyone can be a wolf. You guys could be wolves eventually. So I'm not worried about it. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to move on. And I'm going to get away from this scene, you know. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> I, th- I liked um, – when um, throughout the episode you had Maggie trying to talk to I can't remember her name but she's the leader the older gal yeah yeah I know who you're talking like about. trying to tell her like she needs to stand up and still show him that she's still at right. least present maybe not in charge like Rick pretty much is yeah but that she's still a presence there but when shit went down uh, and she told her go in I'll stay out here I'll just be another person you have to save I had two thoughts about that the first was that come on I mean it's got Sooner or later, you're going to have to, but then at the same time, I'm like, you know what? She's exactly right. She'd just be another person they'd have to worry about saving. That's true. So, yeah. I guess they're kind of wrapping their head around the idea that things are the way they are. There's something about her, though, that I don't trust. You know what I mean? I, I, there, Eden, Eden did not rub me the wrong way in this episode, but she does. And I, yeah, I can't fucking remember her name either, but she, she doesn't seem very trustworthy to me. And they keep having these, yeah, real stoic, and they keep having these talks with her, and it seems like she always has something else on her mind when she's being told, like, this is how you need to do this, and it always seems like there's something else going on. I just think she's overwhelmed now. Really? Okay. I think she's overwhelmed. She lost her husband. I think she's overwhelmed, and she's looking for them to make the decisions because she's never had to make decisions like this before. Before it was like, um, uh, yeah, how long are showers going to be? Yeah. Right, right. She's completely out of her depth. She had held on to this idea that Rick was bad all the way up until that meeting mm-hmm. where dude killed him. And then she lost her husband from the decisions that she made. Yes and no. They had been scouting Rick and his group for quite a while, and they thought that they needed this type of protection. And once they brought him in, then they were like, oh, this guy's a loose cannon. That's when the mistrust started happening. Mm-hmm. I think, but originally, when they were scouting him, when Aaron was first scouting them, mm-hmm. they they 
they saw good, they saw humanity in the group, and they were like, these people have lived, they've survived, but they still have their humanity, let's bring them in. Right. And then we can learn from them. Right. Almost as far, and they'll also be sort of like bodyguards. Well, that, and she didn't understand how the world is. Sure. Rick, Rick tried to tell her about right. how, I mean, especially with the Pete situation, mm-hmm. that he's got to die, and they don't, she didn't understand that until she saw firsthand why somebody like that has to die. Yeah. Would they die or you kick them out, and if you kick them out, they come back. Let's talk about uh, Aaron's reaction to uh, coming across his old satchel <laughs> with one of the wolves. Oh, yeah. Um, so basically, like he's pretty much blaming blaming himself like 100% for the attack yeah. on Alexandria. Is it 100% Aaron, though, or do we also want to blame... Morgan. Morgan for letting them right. go right. before yeah. and before. letting them go again. Right. Am, yeah. I, am I mistaken into thinking that his boyfriend had the backpack? No, it was Aaron. Remember, Aaron showed them. That was one of the things that Aaron used to show them from the beginning mm-hmm. that we have this wonderful place. He pulled out the, he had the satchel, pulled out oh, the pictures, okay. and he showed All Rick right, and the group. Right. Yeah, we have this place. It's this, you know, it's fortified and it's awesome, you know. Trust me, right. I, I'm not making this up. Here's the walls that we built. And uh, later on, that's when we meet Ethan Embry's character. He helped build those walls. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't. I think Aaron in that moment was, like, blaming himself, like, 100%. But me, on the flip side, I'm thinking, like, Morgan had a lot to do with this. You're not 100% to blame, dude. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, Morgan trying to play the state straight and narrow isn't really paying off as evidenced by this episode. Right. He is partially responsible for them being there in the first place. So, And then again, he lets them go again, and they get a gun off of him. Right. Yeah. Now they got a gun. Yeah. So what's that guy going to do? You know? Right. Right. And so, I mean, eventually we're going to, I mean, now that they attacked, the attack failed, and some of their own people got killed, they're only going to be back in force. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that guy with the gun could seize the hierarchy of the group at this point. They all got, if they all have just blades and this guy has a gun, he could become the leader. At least that makes more sense than Fish Mooney's knife. Question, though. <laughs> Question, though. Wolves are leaving. Yeah. Wolves are retreating. Right. Rick's group's coming in. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Right? Uh-huh. Are they going to evade Rick's group, or is that, or are they going to clash? I don't know if they're going to clash. I think I, I think they're going to be dealing more with the Walker threat. The next. Walker threat, because I, half yeah. that herd's still on their way. Yeah, that herd is still on the way. Yeah, but they could use that. I mean, I mean, if they're just about killing everything, they could use that to take over that team as well, or at least kill one of their guy, one of the team coming in. You it's know, possible, yeah. Rick's side. So, do you think that it's gonna we're gonna see Nightfall before this? I mean, that's, uh, I hope so. Oh my, God. <laughs> it's gonna be cool as hell. Scary as fuck. Yeah, though, it shit. will be scary. We need, I think, uh, yeah, man, if they want to top these two episodes, yeah. Could, oh, man. It could be like, uh. Like the farm episode, uh, season finale for season two when it was. coming out of the fog. Oh, yeah. God. That was cool. I was yeah. kind of thinking to myself, it'd be like the Battle of Helm's Deep where lightning and there's all these walkers coming. Oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, you can't see them and then all of a sudden lightning strikes and then boom. Yeah. yeah. You see them. Whew! <laughs> Come on in, we're done. <laughs> Are we there yet? <laughs> so anyway, I was surprised too when Daryl died this episode. <laughs> and was raped. <laughs> I'm not sold on Daryl anyway. It's Rick's about dismembered time. hand. 
All right, so yeah, that's Walking Dead discussion. We'll, I'll definitely be watching the new episode tonight. Definitely be watching The Leftovers, too. Yeah. I know you will be, Jake. Yes. All right, guys, uh, I'm going to, before, I'm going to ask you guys about your good pop, bad pop here in a moment. I did want to talk about one thing here real quick. I did see a movie this week. I did watch Rock the Casbah, the new Bill and Murray movie. Uh, it stars Bill Murray. I'm trying to think of some of the other uh, big players in this movie. You've got uh, Kate Hudson in this. Uh, she plays a hooker with a heart of gold. Um, you've got uh, fucking uh, Danny McBride and uh, uh, Scott Connor in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, you also have um, – I'm trying to think. Who else was uh, in this movie? I haven't uh, seen Scott Conn for a while. Yeah, he, all he does, he's that TV, doing that TV show, right? One of those CSIs. Or oh, well, that's I why I haven't know. seen him for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, then what was the other? Uh, Zoe Deschanel, she's in the movie real quick. but uh, and, and, of course, uh, Bruce Willis is in this. Oh, yeah. Wow. Goodness um, gracious. But uh, yeah, I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Rock the Casbah a little bit. It's loosely based on like one true event, and they kind of like took that one true event and built the entire movie around it. And the, the event is uh, a woman in Afghanistan. She starred on kind of like Afghan Afghanistan's kind of like uh, their uh, American Idol. Mm, okay. Where it was only a men's competition, women you know would not sing on there women are not allowed to sing right and so this was based on that one event very loosely based so um and then of course bill murray plays like a talent agent and blah 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 blah. i'm gonna give this a low tasted and 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 the reason is because like this movie the way that they the marketing is is like this is the Bill Murray you've been wanting to see. Old school Bill Murray. <laughs> this is old school yeah. Bill Murray. And this is like, that's what I, when I going into this, I was like, holy shit, here we go. Mm-hmm. This is going to be right up there with all the best fucking Bill Murray movies that right. I loved from years ago. This is going to be like his, like, check this out. Here I am. I'm back. And I'm not saying like his, like, I enjoyed St. Vincent. You know, I've enjoyed some of his other movies, but like, this movie, the way that they marketed it, I was just thinking, like, wow, this is going to be like a fucking like huge return to form. Stripes, Bill Murray, I, Groundhog Day, that, Bill that's Murray. That's exactly. It looked like, yeah, it looked right. like Caddyshack, Bill Murray, or like right. SNL, Bill Murray. Right. It was not that movie. Wow. And his performance is not that great. And I mean, I was even wanting to see like great performances and interactions between him and like you know Bruce Willis. And yeah. I didn't really get it. Um, the movie it, it uses music though very well, and there are scenes where that you when when the music when they start using the music you start to it gets to you right and they use the music really well. But overall, this movie is nothing uh, that I would say you have to go see in the theaters. I'd say that this one's a good red box rental or, or wait for it to come on HBO and just watch it. Um, but um, it, it's it's. It's the it's a low tasted, um, uh, but uh, was it funny at all? Did you laugh out loud? Not really. No, damn, really. I didn't really laugh out loud. I, the best chemistry. I think the best actor in this was Kate Hudson. Okay, I can um, see that, and I think that uh, the relationship um, that she had uh, and the interactions that she had with Bill Murray were the best. And she was used very sparingly in the movie. Okay. There's actually a huge stretch of the film where she's not even in the movie. Mm. And the movie really got better when she was back in the picture. Mm. She is very talented. She's really good in this. It's not like, I'm not like a huge Kate Hudson fan either. 
Like I, I've seen Almost Famous and some of her other rom coms yeah. and shit. Yeah. But I've never like walked away from a Kate Hudson movie and been like, holy shit, she's great. She plays a different character in this movie than I've ever seen her play in any movie, and she's really good in this. She kind of steals the show for for me in wow. this movie. But Bill Murray, what they promised in the in the marketing of this film, way off. Way off. Yeah. Um, I was really looking for like a really great performance. I didn't get it. And, uh, yeah, low taste it, man. Um, I, I would watch it though. It'd be a red box rental or like, like I said, watch it on HBO. Okay. So, yeah. So I got, what do you, who wants to go next? I'll, I'll go ahead and go. Go. Um, so I finally watched John Wick. This wow. Week. <laughs> I'm going to give myself a round of applause. <laughs> All right, John Wick, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, man. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, I, it's, it starts off okay kind of at the end, right? starts off kind of with the ending of the film, basically. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and we get a little bit deeper into it. We find out he's had this relationship with this, this woman who he sees, he's basically kind of, Thinks, thinks he's dying and he's so he's, while he's dying, bleeding out, he's watching his, uh, uh cell phone, a video of this, this woman he obviously loves. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to spend his last few moments. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's touching as fuck. This Very. whole movie was emotional as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> an emotionally charged action movie. It's insane. It was though, I agree. Yes. It, beat for beat. And, um, so then, then we find out that she dies of a, a terminal illness. Um, we kind of see a flash, flashbacks of her dying and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then, then we see um, she gives him this dog. Mm-hmm. She gives him a dog because she knew she was going to die. So in, in, in the event that she was going to die, she basically shipped him this dog with a letter that, you know, basically at the end of it said, you're my best friend. And, okay, right there I'm fucking – I'm already tearing up right there. Yeah. And uh, – then, then Keanu, you know, he takes the dog in and, you know, you kind of, the dog's sleeping on the bed, but he makes his own little bed on the floor for the dog and everything. <laughs> and, you know, like, you, you gotta sleep on the floor, you silly dog. Um, and then he, I think he, he kind of like almost like resents the dog a little bit at first. It was like kind of sleeping, I think, in his wife's spot, right. basically. So he's trying to like wrap his head around like, you know, what is this supposed to mean with, with me and her? And it, it was, it was kind of sleeping in her spot. He puts it on the floor. And then and eventually he lets it get in the bed and you know takes it out it wakes wakes him up in the morning instead of his alarm clock and <sighs> holy fuck <laughs> this and then and then okay so he's he's taking the dog with him uh you know he goes to like an airfield he takes out his badass fucking car it's a mustang mm-hmm. i don't know what type of mustang or year or anything like that it's a that. muscle car it's a badass fucking muscle car taking the dog out with him and you know you know, driving around with him, basically going to work with the dog. Um, and then uh, he's at a gas station. He runs into a bunch of, you know, Russian, I believe Russian mm-hmm. gangsters or mafia type. The- Theon. Yeah. yeah. Alfie, uh, Alfie Allen. Right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, they, they want to take the car. But uh, I want to see Theon in more roles like this. Yeah. Man, Alfie Allen's great in everything I've seen him in. So good. He was good, yeah. So good in this. It's going to be hard casting. for him to play a uh, character you root for after this. <laughs> after this in Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm getting to. Like, they want the car. They, The guy talks to Keanu's character in Russian. You know, first they're like, hey, nice car, you know. Is it for sale? And he's like, no, it's not for sale. And he gets in his car, tries to drive off. Jay's talking about this like, like no 
nobody's seen John Wick. Right. I know. Jay, you're the last person <laughs> on the planet. I know, but I'm setting no. up I'm setting up what what makes this Frank movie hasn't seen it. Yeah, <laughs> Go fucking it. I'm setting up what makes this movie so intense and and uh, you know, they want the car, they say something in Russian to him and he says something back. Right. So he understands what they're saying. They didn't think he would. Well, eventually they want to get they come after him in his house for the car. Mm-hmm. Um and they beat the shit out of him, and they kill the dog. Oh, shit. That moment, I got out of my chair, and I did not sit down the rest of the movie. Because I was like, kill these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was bawling my fucking eyes yeah. out, first and foremost. I'm not fucking ashamed to admit that. I was crying. That fuck, they kicked the dog to death. It yeah. died. Oh. You see it. It was hard. It was fucking hard to watch that scene. Man. And me and Brian saw this in the theater. I mean, mm-hmm. and you could you could clearly see the crowd reaction was pissed. Yeah, yeah. I was so pissed. I did not sit down. I was fucking pacing in, the room. In movies, you do not mess with uh, small children. No, yeah, and that, that can't you know that oh my, their frontal lobes don't you know what I mean? Right, they, they can't do make any decisions for themselves, and then you don't mess with animals. A puppy. A puppy. A fucking and, puppy. And you hear it die, and I, like, yeah, the whole movie, I'm like, get these, I was pacing, smoking cigarettes, (laughs) I was so stressed out. The scene of him holding, or being next to the dead dog. Right, you see the trail of blood from the dog. It's it's almost like the dog crawled to him Mm -hmm. while he was unconscious or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then he wakes up to see the dog was, like, right next to him. Fucking shit. (laughs) Great movie, though, you know, I'm not going to... Talk about it ad, ad nauseum, but the hotel, uh, the hotel scene, the dance floor scene, the fight scenes were fucking phenomenal. Just the mythology of the yeah. hotel, the mythology, the other players in the game. So you could clearly Adrian Palicki in yeah. this movie, right? Am I right? Oh she, yeah, was she not amazing? She was amazing. William William Defoe was was great in yes. it, though he was very sparse throughout this. Oh, he was fantastic yeah. in this. He had a great year that year. He did that, and then he did uh, what was the uh, Wes Anderson movie, the hotel movie. Oh, the Grand Budapest yeah, Hotel. Yeah. He was so fucking good it's in good that movie, movie too. Yeah. Willem Dafoe, man, that was a great year for him. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I didn't even know he was going to be in it, and yeah. then and his character pops up. And then you're kind of introduced to other players in this game, and you discover, you know, of course, John Wick was a... You don't fucking mess with the boogeyman. John Wick is the boogeyman. Thank you, know? you for watching this. My yeah. question to you, because I've asked this to Jake, is like, they have announced a sequel. Yeah. I mean, is that something that you're excited for? I mean, did, was, it, was it like, do you think like they should have gone the prequel route? We could have seen like John Wick before all this happens, or, um, do you think, like, or do you think like they, or do you think this should be like a direct sequel? I, I don't want to see him as the bad guy necessarily, as the killer. You know, I want to. I liked this that he was, you know, kind of trying to settle back into normal life, and then he had all this horrible shit happen to him. Where can they go from here, though? I don't, I don't, I don't want them to. It's, it's almost like Boondock Saints, where the first Boondock Saints was very emotional, very good. And if they had ended it at that, it would have been perfect. Yeah. Instead, they tarnished it with a sequel. I totally agree. I kind of feel like they're going to take away from the emotional impact well, of this. Well, how long did it take them to put out that second Boondock Saints movie? It did take forever. It right. did take forever. So, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I get the story. I feel like the story, you know, it ended the way I, I needed it to end. Granted, there was loose ends, mm-hmm. you know, of course. But then I just see Taken, Taken 2, Taken 3. Taken four. That's all I see after mm-hmm. that. Even though I love 
Keanu Reeves. I love John Wick's character. Yeah, I always told Jake, like, when we recorded, when we first talked about John Wick on that first episode that mm-hmm. we talked about, I said I'd rather just see a prequel comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be fine. Give yeah. me a prequel comic. I agree. I don't want to see this movie get sequelitis either, where they just try to repeat kind of the same thing that happened in the first one. Like, right. well, John Wick's going to get a kitten. Right. <laughs> and then a Game of Thrones cast member's going to kill his kitten. And then <laughs> yeah. Part three is a goldfish. Yeah. Right. I, I just, I see it taking away from the emotional impact and getting like way more into all these other you know character backstories which will make it a little hokey i think you know it'll be too much that that was a perfect perfect movie what i love about it though where they can go from here is more more scenes at the hotel i love the mythology of the hotel i mean that was very comic booky to me it's like how they set that up and i love that and i think that's a place that i'd like to see explored a little bit more i also enjoyed the character of the cleaner yeah, for sure. You know sure. what I mean? More of that kind of thing, you yeah. know? Uh, that's a great character actor. Remember him from The Crow and The Warriors? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, man, John Wick is just a Tupperware. It's a Tupperware city, man. Yeah. I've never, ever, 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 like, had that impact. Where I was, like, even thinking to myself, dude, sit down. Sit the fuck down. This movie, this, <laughs> this movie, this movie impacted me so much when it comes to action films that it affected my rating for the Equalizer. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I, I, had, I had seen John Wick first, yeah. and that's a Tupperware, and I was just like, you know what? If had I not seen fucking John Wick the same summer, I probably would have given the Equalizer a Tupperware. Right, see. Because, yeah. you know what I mean? Because it was like, I can't say that Equalizer is on the same level as John Wick. Yeah, the it, John Wick curve. Yeah. And I've, it's not like I've only seen uh, Equalizer once. I've watched that movie two or three times. Yeah, I love that movie. But, um, yeah. I, that, that's it. It reminded me of that. It reminded me of The Crow. It reminded me of Boondock Saints. But Keanu's fucking acting in it was phenomenal too and just the story i i just don't see them if they do a sequel making it that like impactful where i'm just standing up like god damn it kill everybody you know what i mean i don't see that happening mm, yeah it's it, it's i mean i think they're going to be able to do all the action again but like will they get you emotionally yeah invested in the character again because like you said it man once once they killed the puppy fucking motherfucker you're just like yes get these motherfuckers like you as an audience member are cheering for john wick and you want him to get vengeance every time he shoots someone in the head you're cheering yeah oh yeah can they do that again yeah what what are they going to do to make that important again i don't right exactly i almost can't even think of another action movie where i'm rooting for the main character as much as i was rooting for john wick yeah john wick like it i just can't see how they can bottle that up most of the movies that i watch sometimes i'm also sometimes i'm cheering for the fucking villain yeah like you know what i mean exactly but yeah you hate you wanted alfie allen to get his and get his bad yeah no like like this this like this succeeded by using a puppy where the Punisher movie did not succeed right. and his whole family was killed. Yeah, agreed. agreed. <laughs> yeah. You were like, yeah, get revenge for your whole family. Right. <laughs> That's a great point. That's <laughs> true. So, and could, I, can, I can see the Crow comparison too. Yeah, but they, they couldn't have taken anything more, uh, you know, yeah, of course a child, but they're not going to do that. I don't, you know, in any sane movie. Um, so that was the closest thing I think they could do was a little puppy. And to set that off, and I was just like, fuck, man. Yeah. 
still yeah. reeling over it. I, I, I really was, I was bawling my eyes out. I'm so sad after that scene. <laughs> it was hard to watch, especially in the theater. Like, at least you're in your home and you could pace around the TV a bit. Like, yeah. We had to, like, stay at our seats. I know. I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe that happened. Like, you guys didn't stand. Like, I understand you're at a theater, but man, fuck. <laughs> so yeah, Tupperware the shit out of that movie. Jake, I want you to talk about, um, so you, you watched a couple movies this week. Yes. Um, definitely want to hear about a movie that I talked about a couple weeks ago. I yeah. want to hear your thoughts about Was that, that the last podcast I was on? That was the last one that last you were on. Last one we were on, we wrapped early, and I said since we were wrapping early, I was going to go ahead on Brian's rating and give The Walk a chance. Yes. Um, I'd kind of poo-pooed the trailer and said I thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt looked silly, mm-hmm. looked like he was in You a, had every right to think that, yeah, though. Looked like he was in a bad SNL sketch performing with a goofy accent. <laughs> and as big of a Robert Zemeckis fan as I am, I kind of had low expectations for this movie. But after hearing what you had to say about it, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this movie a chance. Yeah. We're, we're wrapping early this week. Let's go see the fucking walk. And I, I did what you said. I saw it in IMAX 3D. You, I mean, you pretty much said that was the only way to see it. And I mean, right off the gate, I gotta say, I, I Tupperware this movie. Awesome! It was it was amazing. I completely eat crow on Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance. Mm. Um, you were right; it, it was a bit silly at the beginning, still. I, and I warned you. Yeah. I, I mean, even after we wrapped the podcast, I I I, I kind of prefaced it again. I was like, dude, it's gonna seem cheesy. There's a part where he's actually a Harlem Globetrotter and he's spinning the world <laughs> yes. in his hand. I said, dude, it's gonna seem weird, but just just wait until the narration starts and then they come back to him yeah totally and i mean his performance was spectacular this movie was super charming um i loved the story brian was exactly right about this being a better heist movie than fucking (laughs) ant-man i mean and they fleshed out each character and what they were doing like Mm -hmm. to the t and you were excited if they were about to get caught you were like biting your fingernails on whether or not they were going to get caught or not Mm -hmm. it was super exciting um it, just as much of it as it was an emotional and charming movie, it was almost like a fucking theme park ride, too. Hmm. Because, like, I mean, Brian said that it was second to Avatar as far as the best use of IMAX 3D. And I actually am going to have to disagree with that. I honestly think this is the best use of no, IMAX I said 3D. It, I said it was second to Gravity. Oh, I, I, I th- yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. Gravity. I honestly think it's the best. It's better no, than No, no, no. I said, I said, I said uh, Avatar Gravity then Avatar the Gravity walk. then the walk yeah honestly it's my number one use of IMAX 3D wow because I, I really like we've all none of us have been to Pandora none of us have been to space but we've all experienced like heights and being up high somewhere looking down maybe mm-hmm. not that far down but we all know what heights are like and this movie like you feel like you are walking the fucking high wire hmm. in I can't between argue with that. the World Trade Center. And so more than those I other... Just n- I will never go to space, and I thought gravity was like the closest thing that was basically like, hey, remember eight-year-old Brian uh, that thought you could be an astronaut until like later on you realize that you're an idiot and you'll never... <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm not saying you're wrong about, right. about where you rank it, but <laughs> and those movies, both Avatar and Gravity are more... Beautiful movies. I than might the be walk. able to be a fucking like janitor. Right. Yeah, in at space. Fucking no, at NASA. Oh, at NASA. Okay. Now I'm not. They're not even going to let me on the shuttle. <laughs> I mean, I I agree that the 3D in those two movies was more gorgeous than the walk. Yes, but I never was so like, exhilarated by the 3D. Like it almost left me breathless. That's a great point because honestly, like there's times where like where you when you're up there with him. Yeah, and. 
there's t- parts where you're terrified and then parts where you're actually just exhilarated. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm like, like clapping my knees yeah, together, yeah. like watching him do that stuff. And I never got that from Avatar or Gravity. Yeah. I mean, I was always like, this looks fucking amazing. Eye candy. But yeah, with this movie, though, I was like literally just like shaking and clapping my knees together. Right, right, and right, right, right. It was just like, it felt like going on an actual Six Flags roller coaster. Yeah. Like I'm like catching my breath at moments. Wow. And then he crosses once and you're like, you let out a big sigh. Like, oh, we made it through that fucking part. And then he crosses again. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, we got to go through this again. And just some of the overhead shots of showing him on the wire and the distance and everything. The 3D was just, it blew my fucking mind. Well, and you could watch this movie, I think, two or three different times in the theater and get something out of it completely different. Oh, I agree. Just the way that you're looking at, like, those shots that you're talking about, the overhead shots. Like, Sometimes, like, I would focus on, like, the ground, and I would focus on, like, you know, like, the city and the street, and it felt like I was going to, like, throw up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then there were times where I would just focus on him standing where he was, and then I was just like, wow, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's doing this. But it's just how all how you look at it. It's really, like, they get the perspective really they do it so well. Yeah, do you remember that scene where he's just like even in under the tent? Yes. And you, do you remember that scene? I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's just like you just you feel the like distance you, the between distance. the ground yes. and, and the top of the 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 high wire that's in the circus tent. Even that is exhilarating. Yes. Yes. And you feel the danger of just even that if he were to fall or anything. I'm drawing a blank. Who his mentor was played by Gandhi, Sir Ben, Sir ben uh, Kingsley. Yes, and he was incredible in Wasn't this he? too. Mm-hmm. I loved that character. Um, I was really surprised at how emotional this movie was. I know Brian, without spoiling, said at the end of this movie it had a real, like, emotional moment. And I, I texted Brian right after the movie ended. And I was like, God damn it, I, I just fucking cried at the end of that shit. Yep. I mean, I was like tears streaming down my eyes. Mm-hmm. And like, and it was, it was the way Joseph Gordon Levitt delivered the line. Yes. It was the imagery in the background. It was everything. And it, it was, wasn't heavy handed. No. It was just like you just caught up in the moment of the movie. And, and then, then the, the movie ends. Yeah. It ends on such a high note. Mm-hmm. And then it takes you from that high note and it takes you to his dialogue at the end. And he just get, he just delivers one line. It's the look on his face and the imagery in the background. And you're just like, holy shit. And right before that line, it's like some of the most – the end stuff is some of the most charming stuff of the mm-hmm. movie. So you're like really just smiling yep. and smiling and smiling. Weren't you smiling like the last – it felt like half hour. That oh, movie. yeah. I just had like this perma grin. Oh, yeah. I felt like I had like brand X from the fucking Tim Burton <laughs> Batman yeah. movies and everything. Like they'd gassed me up and yeah. I just couldn't stop fucking smiling. Make you smile again yeah, and I, again. I, I love this movie and I know on the Martian episode I said uh-huh. that that was the best movie I'd seen all year in mm-hmm. theaters and this overcame that for me. This is by far the best theatrical experience I'd had all year. Wow. This is the best uh, theater experience I've had all year. And I, I know had you seen Ex Machina maybe yeah. uh, in the theater. Oof, that'd be a tough call. I yes. don't even know what I'd say. Well, I mean, if you're going to rate it as far as like best film or best experience, i got to give the experience to, to the walk. Yes. Uh, I'm talking best film, I've got to say Ex Machina. And, uh, you know, I'm going to call out Matthew Chakella from the Never Submit Movie Podcast. Yeah. He did not like Ex Machina. Said it was predictable. What? And, yeah. what? I love Matthew. He's great. And I love their podcast. Um, great podcast. But, man, Matthew, I don't know if maybe we talked about it and hyped it up too much. And maybe he went into this 
you know, expecting something different, but like he said, it was predictable. And I thought, you know, I, it wasn't about guessing what was going to happen. It was just like the individual character performances. Yeah. It was, it was watching Domhnall Gleeson and Oscar Isaac and like those performances. And like, I totally agree. Oscar Isaac's like my man now. Yeah, like, I, I get excited every time I see any clips Fuck of yeah. him at episode seven. Fuck yeah. Like, he's like the fucking dude to me right yeah, now. Yeah, he is. Um, Matthew from Never Submit podcast said this. Uh, it was uh, Matthew Chikella. I got a message for him. You know it's predictable and lame? Oh. Professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he is going to hate you. <laughs> oh, shit. So I don't understand if he could watch. If he thinks Ex Machina is predictable, I don't understand how that's a fault. <laughs> if he's still watching professional wrestling after all these years. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right. Hashtag Twitter war. <laughs> Matthew, I, st- I love. I still. I Disagree with you 100% uh, on your views on Ex Machina. And, uh, oh, my God, I was probably grinding my teeth when I was listening to his review of Ex Machina. Oh, you listened to a podcast where he was saying this. Yes. I would have just stopped the podcast and, and deleted it off oh my, my iPhone. <laughs> oh, I uh, th- actually throw my phone like a grenade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have ripped the earbuds out of my fucking ears. Right. And, like, smack my ear a bit. Oh, my gosh. So. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed the walk. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for kind of making me go see that. Like, I was kind of going to let it slip by, I think, because I was was just annoyed at the trailer. I was, too. And then, like, a listener, like like I said, that email said, you know, you got to see this, and especially in the theater. So, And then I saw one more movie. Frank, you mind if I just knock my two movies out before I send it over to you? Yeah, that's okay. I went and got up this morning and went and saw Steve Jobs, the uh, new movie from Danny Boyle. Okay. I am dying to hear what you say about this movie it because i'm hearing some people saying i'm yeah. hearing some people oscar nom oscar buzz so i want to know what you're thinking well yeah danny boyle did this movie um it starred michael fassbender as steve jobs kate winslet as his assistant joanna uh, seth rogan played steve wozniak and uh, jeff daniels played john scully mm. who was um Steve Jobs' first boss when he first worked for Apple and oh, whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And um movie was directed by Danny Boyle, written by Aaron Sorkin. Um, we know from the Sony leaks way back when that this movie was intended to be directed by um, David Fincher. Oh, okay. And he demanded a $10 million paycheck, and he demanded that Christian Bale be cast in the lead role. I remember this. And Sony refused those demands, and... Got Danny Boyle and Michael Fassbender to do it which instead, is, which is weird. I mean, like Fincher's been one of those guys where I, he's pulled off some amazing things where studios have given him what he's wanted in the past. I mean, when he wanted the budget that he wanted for Fight Club, yes, he got it, and yeah. it was like seriously. Yeah, and he had just got off of um, Social Network, right? And right. that was also written by Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. So you kind of it's kind of weird to me that they didn't. Just yeah. okay, we'll give you the money. This is this will be good, you know. Right. But so I kind of had that, and I'm a huge David Fincher fan mm. out of the gate. I got to tell you, and I, I like Danny Boyle a lot too. Yeah. Um, his zombie movie is one of my favorite zombie movies of all time, and I'm not a big zombie guy. What is it? Twenty eight days later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That train yeah, spotting. Yeah, I'm a huge Slumdog Millionaire fan. I love love Slumdog it to death. Millionaire. So good. So uh, you know, Danny Boyle, he's competable. He's not as high as my list as Fincher. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I hope this is good. I hope it's still good. And I, I got to tell you, just jump right to the rating. This was 
a complete Tupperware for me. Awesome. I am on the, I am jumping on the train that says Michael Fassbender should be nominated for best actor for this movie. Great. Wow. He was incredible. I'll be watching this next week. He, he didn't look the part. Like he, he never looked, maybe in the last third of the and movie. And that's the thing. People that were like, we just had that Ashton Kutcher movie where Ashton actually looks like Steve Jobs. Yeah. I'll give, I'll give Ashton credit where credit's due. He looked the part mm-hmm. more than Michael Fassbender. Right. But Michael Fassbender nails the performance. The performance <laughs> makes you believe that he's Steve Jobs. Okay. And the movie has a very original way. It's a very different biopic than any biopic I've ever seen. Does it make him out to be like a villain? It it shows both sides. Okay, it's it's very amazing. I don't know if you know how this movie is like presented, but it's not like a from birth to death movie about Steve Jobs. It's a three act movie, and all each act is before a major presentation that he's about to deliver. It, there's one act that's in 1984 mm. where he's about to present the Macintosh for the first time. There's another act in 1988 where he's about to present his own computer for the first time after he's been fired for Apple. And then the third act is right before the presentation in 1998 where he's back with Apple and presenting the iMac the for iMac. the first time. Yeah. And they never show the presentations. All three acts are just what Steve Jobs was doing before before delivering the presentation of this item. Mm. I like that setup already. The setup is amazing. And I had no idea that this was how the movie was going to be before I saw it. I, right. I, I really didn't see any trailers for this or anything. I just, Danny Boyle movie with Michael Fassbender. Let's go check it out. Yeah. And it was great. They packed so much information within these, like the, the setup and everything. You see him talking to his daughter and in the, in the first act, she's five years old. In the second act, she's, 13 years old and in the last act she's 19 years old and you you see the progression of him and that's kind of where like it paints him as like maybe a bad father because he's more dedicated to his work and what he's trying to do you know revolutionize the computer industry and everything Mm -hmm. than he is about being a caring father and you you kind of see and I know it's a biopic and they dramatize stuff more than it was but you kind of see that he, he does still care about the well-being of his daughter. Hmm. And, and he cares that things are good for her and everything. Um, Seth Rogen is Woz, Wozniak in this. And I'm not really a big Seth Rogen fan. And I really liked him a lot in this movie. And not a huge role, but a big enough role that you see quite a bit of him. Yeah. And I really liked him. This, I can't wait for you to see this movie. I will see that And this we week. can talk a little bit more about this. Absolutely. The, the lines that Michael Fassbender delivers. Like, it's, I didn't expect it to be as funny of a movie as it was. Mm-hmm. But it was really so cynical and so, like, bullet pointed with his vision that it really creates a lot of humor in his dialogue and everything. Hmm. And this movie was a lot of fun. I'm encouraged that this was written by Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. I did not know that going in. And, like, now it's like, yeah, I'm sold. Yeah. Spender and Sorkin. That's the only thing that kept over from the the Fincher. It was the same screenplay. Right. It's just Boyle took it over with Fassbender. Okay. And I don't know. I have – after seeing this movie, I feel like Fassbender did a better job than Christian Bale would have done. In this role. In this role. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not saying one's a better actor than the other, but Fassbender's just really good at that, like, dry type of character. Well, if he gets the Oscar, 
Yeah. It proves it. I, I hope. And, it, you know, I couldn't help but think after watching this movie about how stupid it is that Fassbender is going to be in that fucking Assassin's Creed movie. <laughs> I was like, how are you going to be in movies like this where I'm thinking, like, because he's obviously not getting an Oscar nom for fucking Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, please, Michael Fassbender, don't do, don't do that movie. <laughs> Find any, jump out the fucking escape hatch and get out of this movie any way you can. It's like, it's almost, it reminds me of like Aaron Eckhart and like he's such a great actor in my opinion. Yeah. Doing the I Frankenstein movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, get the fuck out. <laughs> Don't Jake Gyllenhaal yourself and do, and do this <laughs> oh, Prince God. of Persia crap. <laughs> yeah. Get, get the fuck out now before right. it's too late. Whatever. If you have to pay two million to not be in this movie, pay, pay the fucking two million so you can not be in this movie because I, I'm really afraid that that would be a career burner for him. Yeah, he's got his name on there as a producer, so you know it's oh, like get, get the fuck out, man. Get the fuck out of there. If I could meet Michael Fassbender, that I'd be. What the fuck are you doing with this Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. thing, man? It don't matter how good it looks on paper. Video games don't make good movies. Well, I'm not making that argument because I, I disagree with that. But it's the fucking Assassin's Creed movie. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm just saying, like. Uh, th- I have I I have yet to watch a uh, a video game movie that's like revered by the public as like a fantastic film. Yeah, I, I agree with that. None of them are getting Oscar noms, right? Yeah, you can say like, yeah, Res- Resident Evil is a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah, but it's also got but very it's, little to do with the actual game. Well, and, and that's true. It, it, it's just that. You know, like Mortal Kombat is a guilty pleasure for me. The right, first, first movie, one. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fun little tournament to watch. And, yeah, but these are not great movies. No, no. You know? Oh, I agree. I agree. And, and neither of those movies take each take each other too seriously, too. Yeah. I think if you look at Street Fighter, like that's its downfall. Is yeah. it actually tries to take yeah. itself seriously? Oh, and look <laughs> at the casting. Oh, let's get Raw Julia. And yeah, I'm Bison. Yeah. Of yeah. all people. All right. So I'm excited to see what you think. I hope you really like this this movie. It was I will, a, it was a lot of fun. I will catch it this week. That movie, and then I've also I've also been like dying to get uh, getting in uh, the Steven Spielberg up. Uh, Bridge of Spies. Bridge yeah. of Spies. I wanted this. I was going to see Bridge of Spies, but it was only playing later shows, and that's actually what why I saw this instead. Right. right. So I will see Bridge of Spies before next episode too. Yeah, I want to see that as well. So Frank, good pop, bad pop, man. Yes, uh, I've got a game review pete neen on twitter got a hold of me and asked me if i would give a review to marvel's contest of champions okay what is marvel's contest of champions it's available on both android and ios in the app store it's basically a freemium fighting game okay so it's got almost all the elements that you would expect to find in a freemium game where first hour or two that you play it it's pretty accessible the actual fighting isn't bad um, I mean, you're limited to like a heavy attack, a super special attack, uh, a couple mediums and some light uh, by tapping on different parts of the screen or swiping. Uh, and uh, at first I was a little taken aback by it, but it's so simple. It's not overly complicated, but it works. I mean, you, you can block moves. It's it, There's a little bit of strategy that goes on to it. It's not just like a mashing game. What characters can you pick from? Well, you get these crystals, and they pop out, and here's where we start to delve into the pay-to-play 
and stuff. Mm. You get so many crystals, and you can earn them while you're playing. But I'm getting the feeling the that that's affecting your rating of this game. Uh, I usually I stay away from these freemiums. Mm. Like I, I tried to play the Final Fantasy one Record Keeper, and it had a lot of the same elements. Uh, but the gameplay itself, the fights are interesting enough and fun, and they're short enough. To where I'll go ahead and keep playing and the materials that drop that normally these games try to get you to pay for, mm-hmm. they drop enough to where I don't feel like I have to pay to get anything out of it. As an mm-hmm. example, um, I started off with Spider-Man and Iron Man okay. as my two characters. And then not too long after I got the plan, I got a third and it was the Hulk. So, uh, you know, some names that I know. And all the characters handle a little bit different. Like Spider-Man's fast, and he can get in more hits than the others, but like Hulk's slow and strong. Right. And I was actually pretty pleased to see that they put enough into the game mechanics that they feel different when you're playing. And each of them has a different super ability. Like Spider-Man, depending on what rank of character you get, uh, I've got Spider-Man to like a two-star. Mm. Which is normally one that you'd have to either pay for or get really lucky to get. Mm. And so he's got two special moves. One, he shoots a couple webs real quick, darts in, and throws a quick combo just at the press of a button. Mm -hmm. The other is a little bit more powerful. It's like one strong hit. He shoots a web up in the air and swings both feet first into somebody. So all the different characters have these different moves that you get to see. Can you only fight as hero characters there are villain characters that you can get. I haven't gotten any yet. Mm. I, I, re- I refuse to actually pay to play any of these. Right. But this one seems like, I mean, you get, just like with so many of them now, you get like so much energy or whatever. Basically, you can do only so many things before you run out and either have to wait a certain amount of time to get more moves or actions. Mm-hmm. Or you can ask your people for help. Or you can also pay real money to get them. But one of the things that I found is that the pacing of the game is at least good enough to where when I run out of energy and then I do the little multiplayer bits, Mm -hmm. I've had enough right then and I can put it down and go do other things while I'm waiting for the energy to build back up. This isn't the type of game that you want to sit there and just play and play and play and play anyway. Right. And the animation is good and the actual gameplay is fun. Uh, so I'm going to give it a taste it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I could find a freemium game that would actually be a Tupperware. But this one at least toes the line between being fun while you're able to play it without making you feel like, man, I really got to put some money into this to get anywhere. Ah, uh, okay. Because even if you don't happen to get lucky and roll higher star characters, you can upgrade the characters that you already have into those upper tiers so you could still keep playing without having to pay to get the perfect roll to get a certain character or anything. So I see. That's usually the biggest trap you get into because somebody's like, man, I really want to get this character. Right. And every once in a while, like right now, they're advertising Deadpool pretty heavy. Well, play for a chance to win a four-star Deadpool. And then you get, you know, however many character crystals every once in a while. And if you really want to get that character, you might be tempted to put a little money into it to buy a couple of character crystals at a chance. But Wasn't it Kanye West, of all people? recently who said he was pissed off about these games where you have to play to you have to pay to play right oh wow yeah pretty sure i think it was kanye was talking about does he have other kids no no i don't think he does i think just northwest okay so i I think he i i don't know but i i I know kanye tweeted about this that he was pissed off about. he's a gamer man so (laughs) about these games where you have to pay and it's like not like Kanye doesn't have enough money. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But he sees what it is. But he sees what it is, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit, for once I agree with Kanye West? (laughs) 
Well, one of the only real bitches that I've got about it is, yeah, you've got certain different character classes that are good against other different types. Like they they look at like Iron Man as and the Vision as like technology types, mm-hmm. and then you've got mutant classes, and then you've got people like Spider Man who are enhanced through chemicals and the Hulk too. But when you get when you have a fight between Wolverine and Magneto, that's pretty much a no brainer. But none of that stuff is taken into account in the game at all. It's just oh, okay. just a fighting game, so. Right. It doesn't take itself too seriously, so yeah. as long as you're not thinking too hard about... It's not like it starts and it's like, game over. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, if the whole punches Ant-Man in the chest as hard as he can, you'd th- you wouldn't think that uh, he'd make it through that. Oh, Jake, you're playing so, it right now. I just downloaded it while Frank was yeah. talking about it. It gave me Gamora as my starting character. I gotcha. I'm not really sure how I, do I gotcha. any- how I do anything, but just tap on the screen to attack. And really, that's about it. I mean, the learning curve... <laughs> You know, a lot of these games have, like, the first taste is free. I'm going to toss this game. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm tossing taste. it, too. I, how do I do anything other than just tap to punch? I can't do any other well, special move or power? I don't know how you skip through the tutorials, but there's parts where it tells you about that. Okay. Like, if uh, on the left, it says it's best played with two hands because... Because I was just side. hammering on the button to play as fast as possible. <laughs> and that's the screwed up thing, is at the very beginning, because of how these freemium games are, it uh-huh. wants to make you feel good about yourself, so you can get into it and play. And, you know, you, first couple matches or whatever, if you just literally just take your finger and tap the right side of the screen, you're going to win. But once you get up to, like, the second chapter and stuff, where you're facing more powerful enemies, you actually it's more balanced out where you're not overpowered. So you either actually have to fight smart or get better <laughs> Okay, as you're saying all this, I'm just watching Jake just repeatedly tap the screen. I'm kicking some ass, too. <laughs> yeah, he just downloaded it. That, that's, yeah, that's fuck you, Black Panther. Be. Try to have a movie, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the way it is at the very start. But I had to put a little time into it to get to the part where it So you're saying later on challenge. down the road, it's... Not so much just repeated tapping? Right. It, yeah, you can't get away with what that you, forever. Is it more like stroking? So the, no. The left, <laughs> the, the left side of the screen, if you hit it and hold it with just one finger, your character blocks. If you, have them, if you like swipe away, uh-huh. they'll jump back. I mean, and there is some tactics to be had about it. On, if you hit and hold on your right, you get your character does like a strong attack. Mm-hmm. But it, it, when you're playing against somebody who's doing that, when you see them kind of squat down, if you swipe away, you can avoid it. Now I'm going to fight the Hulk. I'm going to tap this motherfucker to death. <laughs> <laughs> right in the pants. <laughs> yeah. Hulk smash. I get what you're saying, though, Frank. Yeah, it mean, does probably get more complicated. And, but, I mean, that's the thing, too. Is Ooh, it goes, take some swipes. It goes hand in hand. And you put the time into trying to figure out how to play and actually, like, you know, get good it's at also, it. It's good practice for money. It's good practice it for to Tinder too. <laughs> Swipe right for dating the Hulk. <laughs> That's just how all these are. I mean, yeah. The, the real disturbing thing is, is that in in between games at the bottom, you got like a chat session where people can talk. Yeah. And there's a lot of fucking horny ass little kids <laughs> on here. I I snap pictures on my iPad. But that's why Frank's giving you the taste. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that bulge on the hole. Uh, no, like I'm serious. Like one kid posted, "I'm 13 and ripped. Who wants to suck my juicy dick?" Oh, I swear to God, that's CIA, man. <laughs> it's the CIA. I, I, it's that's fucked up. I'll give it this: the graphics are nice. I do like the look of it. Yeah. yeah. And and the the deeper you get into it, you realize it's not just your average throwaway freemium game. He called his dick. Get, he called his dick juicy. The kid did whatever. <laughs> 
I mean, literally, like, I'm 13 and ripped. Like, first off, like, you're 13, you don't even know what the fuck that means. You have no muscles at 13. No shit. (laughs) Juicy dick. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. I mean, Jake, you're good at tapping, man. I know, I know, I know. I'm a fucking tap master. Watch where you're tapping, too, there, buddy. <laughs> if I ever need to ask somebody to get somebody else's attention, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll swipe right. You got you to gotta consider the kind of form that it's in, too. Ooh, I mean, premium games have to be accessible because in order to get you to eventually pay money for it they want you to be able to enjoy it at first even if it's just you're terrible at everything right right and that so i mean you really wouldn't get into any of the mechanics until you hit later into chapter one which is like hours from now or into chapter two yeah. so the tapping gets a little bit more intense and complex well i mean you gotta figure it's a fight <laughs> it's a fighting game you have to try to get those controls onto a touch screen i'm in 100 agreement i don't so. know why you're getting defensive <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, no sarcasm. No sarcasm at all. These are just different tapping strategies. (laughs) I'm about to fucking tap Hawkeye. (laughs) Well, you got half power now, though. See that? And that's the thing, too, is you go through the chapter. Frank, Frank, can I borrow your debit card? (laughs) (laughs) I really want to win this one. What if we both tapped at the same time? Multiple taps. Get in there. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's working. It is working. It's uh, working. Yeah. It's really All right, good. Annie. We got two things in there at once. Uh-oh. Oh, damn, damn. This is this one's. We're kind of close here. Yeah, we are. Let's get over there. Swipe, 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 swipe Brian. Up. Come on, we're gonna date this chick. Swipe right. <laughs> God, I hope you guys don't try to close doors like that. Oh, 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 we're gonna win. Yeah. We won. That was intense. Oh, man. Ooh, I got sweaty. Double tap. <laughs> okay, guys. Yeah. So there you go, Pete. It's a taste it. Taste it, Pete. Does Pete like this game? I don't know if he likes it or not. He just asked me to review it. Okay, he's making you the fucking guinea pig, making you do the dirty work. Yeah. That's 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 smart of Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, play this game that may, may be terrible. Honestly, he probably played it and was like, I just, I really, I, I normally hate these and I don't know what to think. I'll ask somebody else. Do you like using your index finger? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to love Marvel's whatever the fuck. <laughs> Contest of Champions. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that match more than anything I've seen on professional wrestling for the last five years. All right, guys. Uh, I don't. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about? We're going to wrap this one. No, we're I, good. I'm not feeling 100 percent this week, so uh, it's going to be a short episode. And uh, yeah, whatever. Send your hate mail. <laughs> Actually, don't send your hate mail. No email. I won't read it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to go over. So I watched the third episode of uh, the Flash uh, season uh, two, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the Flash real quick. Um, I okay. Uh, I have a flash theory that I wanted to Okay. Kind of, in this last episode there is a uh, scene where Barry is talking to Joe West and he says that without you cuz he's he's talking about we are introduced to Captain Cold's father right who is an evil son of a bitch just an evil guy and um Barry's talking to Joe about this, and he's like, well, without you, I could have been that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking they are laying the groundwork here for Earth to Barry. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. I think I, – I, I, 
I think that Earth 2 Barry is going to be the he's not going to he's going to be the Barry that didn't have Joe in his life. Right. And that could be a future villain. Uh-huh. If not Zoom. Right. Th- there might be misdirection that like yeah, Harrison Wells they're showing him as Zoom. I mean even he he even had like a blue hue to him at the end of the episode leading mm. you to think oh it's Zoom. But I mean this I mm. mean I don't know. I maybe just maybe Barry is going to be an evil character on Earth too. I, I I just have that feeling, man. That'd be a great culmination of the story they're trying to tell, you know, and bringing in Earth Two at all. Yeah. What's yeah. the point unless it's something epic yeah. like that, you know? Jay Garrick, on the other hand, uh, they opened up the um, what happened here at the end of the episode is they opened up the breach, mm. and so now they're able to travel back and forth between Earth One and Earth Two. And Jay Garrick had the opportunity to go back home. Uh, what doesn't make sense to me is the fact that all the villains that have been coming out of the breach into Earth One, they have been able to retain their powers. Uh-huh. But when Jay Garrick came here, he lost his power of the Speed Force. Hmm. So who has his power did somebody and there's a quick throwaway line in this episode that on their on their earth he said it real quick there was one of those oh shit um what is that the collider um hadron collider yeah like there's like a i forget what they call it in this universe like it's like a hadron collider Mm -hmm. type of like particle particle accelerator or whatever yeah that's what it is particle accelerator on he said real quick it was a throwaway line that on my pl- on my earth the particle accelerator was destroyed hmm. so and that's what gave he so he so basically he was just saying like that's what gave him he was basically alluding to like he got the, his flash powers the same way that Barry got his right somehow did somebody travel back to that time where the particle uh, particle uh, collider fucking was destroyed, and instead they took the powers from him because the future is not set now. Interesting. I don't, I yeah. don't know. So it's like I'm thinking like maybe Zoom. I don't. I don't know. It's so fucking confusing. So I don't know. Is it, but Jay Garrick has decided to stay on Earth One because cool. Caitlin like batted her eyes at him. And- How, how's the actor <laughs> that plays Jay Garrick? Is he a good Jay Garrick? He's good. Is he? He's good. That's good. He's good. I have no problem with him. I, I still have problems with Cisco, and but other than that, um, everybody's been real solid this year. And uh, um, at the end of the episode, uh, we see the actor Tam, Tom Cavanaugh. He has access to the breach, and now he's in Earth One. So the future Tom Cavanaugh from <laughs> Earth Two is now in their world, and and we don't know his intentions yet. Hmm. So are there? You might know this. Are there legs to the rumors that? Tom Welling's going to play Superman on an episode of The Flash? I don't know. I haven't heard. I've been seeing little blips of articles saying that that was mm. in negotiations. Hmm. Is that something you'd like to see? Well, if they do that, number one, it would mean that the Superman in the Supergirl universe yeah. would be a different one, or would it still be Tom Welling? I heard that th- there was rumors that that would be Tom Welling, too, mm. and that they're in contract talks about that, too. Wow. Hmm. But that would... Okay, but it wouldn't be 
canon with the Smallville series, though. Yeah, I, it would because not. that's already introduced Green Arrow and some of the members of the Justice League. Yeah, Smallville would exist in its own pocket canon, but it possibly could be Tom Welling playing our Superman I would like in it. that universe. If if that's the case, I would like that. I would like that if they had to do it. Um, on the flip side, if they said that they weren't going to do it, I wouldn't be upset either. Yeah. Now that starts this week. Am I wrong about that? Supergirls next week? Supergirl, yeah, yeah it's this week. <clears throat> and we already saw the pilot we and reviewed it. Jay, did you see Yeah, that? I did watch it on my phone. You sent me that link. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it again, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Okay. Uh, next episode, I'm definitely going to be talking about uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yes. Yes. That's probably going to be the most of the show. I'm sorry about the abbreviated show this week, but guys, I, I really am not feeling well. Need to go home and uh, get on some medication and rest up. Um, but uh, next week we'll have a uh, much larger show for you. Yep, for so sure. This week I don't give a shit. Yeah, don't big and girthy mind. episode. Make <laughs> <laughs> up for the lack of length this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big veiny fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Marable would be proud. Yeah. He'll Eric. draw the logo for our next episode. Yep, He'll be throbbing. PCL and. In vain. <laughs> yes. Cock. Yeah. Sick fuck. All right. Yeah. Um. That's it. No, I'm done. <laughs> All right. Later, everybody. Wait, 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 wait. One more thing. One more thing before we wrap. We're back. One, one more thing before we wrap up. I did Steve get. Jobs, one more I thing. did get a package in the mail, and uh, this is from a listener. Since I'm not reading his email this week. Um, I wanted to get everybody, uh, I don't know how many copies I have, but Chris Hohola, his wife, RJ Hohola, uh, she has a book that she has written. Oh, cool. Uh, On the Verge by RJ Hohola. And I think hopefully we all got a copy. Yeah. That cover looks awesome. That cover does look awesome. Well, Frankie didn't get one. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks. Wow, Very yeah, cool. Thank you so much. Maybe Chris will send us another one for Frank. How does that feel, Frank, to be left out? <laughs> he is a left <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like that? Well, they probably do, listen do, to do the it. show and realize I don't watch the shows. Yeah, opening this is harder than winning <laughs> Contest of Champions, though. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a fantasy book, um, I believe, uh, and it's written by uh, Chris Hohola's wife, RJ Hohola. You can get it on... I'm, I will read this. Um, you can get it on Amazon. It's called On the Verge. What so looks longer, this book or her email? <laughs> I was totally going to say that. This was actually I was I was actually prepared to say that. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Don't worry about it. Great minds. But yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think I can finish this book before finishing one of their emails. <laughs> so. Let's see if it passes the smell test. It smells like a book. Mm, it's a good smelling book. <laughs> All right, Tupperware smell. Yeah, Tupperware. <laughs> you guys don't smell your books? Oh, I do. Oh, yeah, okay, I okay. Do. My actually, my comic book room yeah. smells like a comic book store. Oh, I love that smell. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Mm, new book smell. I've got a room where all my comics are, um, and it, when you open it, it literally smells. You like just a, go in and you go. It smells. <sighs> it smells like a comic book store. Awesome. My video so. game room smells like beard farts. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, she signed it too. Oh, cool! Oh, wow, signed copy. All Very right. cool. Always like a new book. This looks great. Yeah. Can't wait to read it. Yep, Frank. Can't wait to read it. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> 
You like how I keep bringing attention to you not getting one? It'd be, it'd be like my girlfriend in the early part of high school, imaginary. <laughs> Frank, when I, when I finish, I'll let you borrow it so you can never read it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. Frank's like, yeah, uh, on the verge, on the verge of eventually reading the book. <laughs> I'm still on the verge of eventually learning to read. <laughs> Brian, goddammit, you never finished showing me. Mm. <laughs> on the verge of Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next week, Ash versus the Evil Dead. Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies. Hopefully, I'll be able to watch the Steve Jobs movie, which I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to find a time to watch that. For uh, Halloween, I'm going to have a uh, older 360 game review, mm-hmm. Lollipop Chainsaw. It's actually written by uh, James Gunn. Oh, cool. So Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. He wrote a video game, huh? Uh huh. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Came out uh, 2012, so it's no an idea. oldie. But I actually found it when I was looking for a older uh, title with Jack Black in it, uh, Brutal Legend, and it had this. Uh, you know how Amazon does. Also frequently bought with this. Yeah. So I saw it was only 15 bucks, and I watched the trailer for it, and the humor seems right up my alley. So all sorts of raunch. So I'm gonna check it out and let everybody know what it's like. Cool. All right. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags whatever <laughs> that's still better than i've ever said it yeah, <laughs> I, you know i do i do want to apologize to our listeners that listen every week and expect like a four-hour show number one you're fucking crazy number two i'm i seriously feel like shit so whatever yeah, you gotta drive man it's free content deal with it it's free yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. all right later bye. later see you latest thanks for listening to pop culture leftovers congratulations i don't know how you did it i couldn't do it you people need a t-shirt saying i just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Gonna toss it, gonna taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushed over Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.
love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. The band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers